and welcome to episode 202 of the F Reality Podcast, your fortnightly fix of the latest VR gaming news. We have an interesting show lined up for you today as we're going to be talking about the new Meta retail store. We're also going to be discussing Project Cambria as Mark Zuckerberg gave us a glimpse of their upcoming headset this week. And we have two special guests joining us, Gamertag VR and Denny from Cloudhead Games to give us their unique perspectives on what's going on in the VR scene right now. To round up this epic show, Nathie has got some new releases for us to look forward to. But for now, let me introduce you to the team and find out what's been their highlight from the past couple of weeks. Also, feel free to let us know what you've been playing in the chat so we can read out some of your highlights too. So first up, when this guy's not cruising through the Friesland on his electric bike, he loves to get wrecked in Rec Room. It's our little blonde brother. It's of course Nathy. How you doing, mate? You all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, I, I have mostly been enjoying the weather though, but I've also Beautiful. Been, I've also played a lot of Rec Room. I live in Rec Room nowadays. Yeah, I, I, I like last night. I was actually dreaming about Rec Room. I was like, I wow, am. You, yeah, you, you've been spending so much time in there lately, and you've been also you accessing it via your phone. Is that right? Everywhere. So I constantly jump from where I am. Uh, so like sometimes I'm just you know uh, at my parents' place and I grab my phone to play it, and then I'm at home and then I'm using my Quest to play it. So you can constantly jump around. It's really nice. I was just like gonna every, say. Wait. When you said about dreaming about Rec Room, that happened to me. When <laughs> Gears of War first came out, I played it every night, all the time, and I woke up to a locust strangling me. No shit. <laughs> wow. wow. Honest, that is true. Yeah. When when your uh, your obsessions become your your, your dreams. You know, every day. Crazy. Yeah, every day. So, yeah. so, so you're still diving <laughs> deep into uh, Rec Room, so that's your highlight, would you say? It's not my highlight, although there is one thing that I want to say after playing it for like I feel like it's for me the what I'm learning from this game and what's happening inside this game, it's like constantly evolving. I'm now starting to get at the point where I'm I feel like I'm I'm about to create my own like theme ride, like you would have at Disneyland, and I'm kind of using those experiences that I had and the the love I have for theme parks in there. And also it feels like I'm running like a tiny dev studio now where I make my own game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah awesome uh, and i think i think it's really really cool because you like i'm constantly play testing that's something that we learned of course from the past so i'm constantly having people in there like okay what do you think of this and sometimes i'm not saying anything i just let people just walk around and they, they say something and i just write it down and i it's very interesting so i feel like it, it's not just rec room anymore it, it's like yeah, I just I can be creative again, and it's it's yeah. it's been great. Uh, and uh, it's of course a constant kind of like fight between. I also want to do my like like I want to upload videos too, but I, I just don't really feel like there's anything for me to really share right now, or I don't have the yeah. urge to share anything. Um, but for now, that's fine. Uh, and and I think yeah, it really feels like I'm working onto like like onto something futuristic again. It's super. Yeah, it's interesting. So right. yeah, I don't know. It sounds maybe kind of vague, but um, no, I get it. But it's, it's just, like a creative outlet for yeah, you. It's something really new fun. and different. It's genuinely fun. Um, and I think the question on all our lips is: When will the gates of Nathyland be open for us all to explore know. it ourselves? <laughs> that, that, that's just uh, I don't know why everyone makes lands, but uh, that's that's kind of gimmicky. I think. No, I like the the thing I'm doing is just. Yeah, the Nathyverse. The Nathyverse. Sounds kind of funny, though. No, but uh, no, that's Everyone not gets happen. a moustache. Everyone gets a moustache. <laughs> all, all the kids. All the kids in Rec Room. Uh, but I do yep. approach Rec Room in a way, like, I know it's a kid's game. Uh, and I also just approach it that way. Uh, so I, I just make fun of the kids. I'm like, mm. hey, here's Nathy again, the old man. 
trying to interact with you cool kids you know and, and it works amazingly and, and and then you kind of feel this connection um but um yeah it's it's just really fun but something i want to quickly highlight is uh so i played fract it's pretty much the only mm. thing i played next to rec room um and um i played it on pc because it previously came out on the on the psvr right uh yep. right and um yeah so i played through the whole thing took me uh i think it was like two hours and ten minutes it's pretty quick, yeah. I would say. Um, and um, art style, amazing. It's really cool. Um, skiing down a hill, great. Michael Bay explosions everywhere. Awesome. Totally approve. Uh, Gameplay-wise, okay. Okay. Uh, enemies, very dumb. Very dumb enemies <laughs> for some reason. I don't know wh- what happened to them, but uh, they were really like brain dead for some reason. Um, and... Yeah, I don't know. Like overall, I, I enjoyed playing it, but it did feel like I was playing a PlayStation VR game. Uh, yeah. From not not only from the visual perspective, because you couldn't really change anything in the settings, um, but also gameplay wise. Like when you were climbing, it was really like it felt like I was using the move controllers and not my my uh, touch controllers necessarily. So mm. it felt like a really yeah. quick quick port to a PC. But of course, they have been working on um, uh, little cities. So I think they just kind of went for a just a, a basic part, but I don't know. Like they do need to work on it for sure. I, th- I think I feel some of your thoughts there. Like for me, you know, because it was a PC title, it should have graphical settings that you can tweak, especially if you've got a higher end system, you know, you can get the most out of it because it's kind of got this like fixed foveated rendering view on there. Yeah, so when yeah. you record the gameplay, you've kind of got like the really fuzzy edges. So it would have been nice to be able to crank up the, the graphic settings. Um, and also it felt way easier playing it on pc because okay. you didn't have the problems to contend with with the psvr yeah you're right there was the front facing yeah and you could crouch in your play space you know instead of using the physical cover system so i like the fact that you could like utilize yeah. you know room scale uh, to play the game but yeah I, I didn't enjoy it as much the second time round as i did the original time it's it's just right. kind of it almost feels like this this is the kind of game it works on playstation also for that audience their expectations match this game but then as a pc vr player you're kind of like, okay, this is this kind of, yeah, a bit simple. Uh, it was also kind like of forgettable, you know? The timing of Fract on PSVR was needed. It was a needed game. Like, there was not much mm-hmm. to play. And, you know what I mean? So, yeah, when you're in, yeah. when you're in the, in the, the uh, seat of PCVR, it's very different. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I would say you don't have to play this game. It doesn't really add anything to your. You know, if you're really desperate and you're just you want to play something on PC VR, fine. But I think for the PC VR players who have been playing all these crazy games, this is this is not that special. I think as well, like it was a weird time for it to release, and the same with Moss too. And we talked about that on the show recently because we're in between generations on the PlayStation side. Yeah. A lot of people have packed away their headsets. You know, they've got a PS5. They they didn't maybe send off for the free adapter that you had to apply for online, yeah. um, and you know they're just going to say, well. Yeah, okay, these games are cool, uh, but I'll wait till the new headset arrives before I'll play them. So you, You've even said that about Moss Book 2, haven't you, yourself? Like, you are... Yeah, I haven't played it yet. Yeah, yeah. I haven't played it yet. And you I love waiting. that game. And, I'm, I, I, you know, I was tempted, actually, last week to do a live stream and just go through it and just run mm-hmm. it through on a live yeah. stream with my audience. But I was like, no, I really want to play this on the next-gen yeah, yeah, hardware. Yeah. But that, that, that's, that's like going to the museum and you want to see the certain painting, but it's all crowded around it because everyone wants to see it at that moment. And then you're in the in the back seat, and you're like, okay, I can barely see it. And then you don't enjoy the full like Moss Two is an art piece that you just gotta yeah. wait until 
all the crowds are gone and you got the right pair of like you know glasses on and then you play it really like just wait i know it's hard but uh yeah it's the best it way is. to enjoy it for sure i think yeah. moss 2 had some kind of timed exclusivity on playstation i think as well i, I think that was the case for a lot of those games that kind of came out during this weird period yeah um yeah. and yeah the the strangest thing for the developers there would be that um the audience for ps2 has kind of dropped off a or ps psvr the first gen has kind of dropped off a cliff so yeah they're they're bringing their game out to kind of like nothingness it's a real weird time to release anything on playstation right now yeah it must be hard it must be really hard because these are passion projects for people that have put their lives you know and 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 hearts into for like the last couple of years and then to re to release the crickets must be painful but yeah. you know i i think you know like like nathy rightly said you know moss 2 is a special game and it will get its time in 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 the limelight but it's just not now unfortunately yeah uh, the stream has um, so crashed yeah, guys i think has it just come back it's just come back i think yeah i think it's just come back there were some connection oh, we're problems yeah, we're i'm not sure yeah. how much we missed um, it's because i spoke but yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, but yeah, interesting insights on Frack there, uh, Nathy. But um, so let's move on. Next, uh, this guy loves to meticulously plan and build out vast cities in VR just so he can destroy them and watch them burn to the ground. <laughs> it's the one and only rowdy guy. How you doing, dude? You all right? I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I know a couple of weeks ago I was still complaining about uh, about the weather being so cold and I completely flipped around just like you guys are in Europe. Currently today it's 32 degrees, so uh, you know it went from one end of the spectrum all the way to the other. Uh, I don't know if I like this more <laughs> because now I'm like uh, I barely get any sleep just because it's so warm. Uh, but no, I've been great. Uh, I actually had a, a funny thing happen to me that was VR related, and then like as soon as as it happened, uh, I, I was like, oh, I need to tell this on the podcast. Um, so I've been working together with the university that I work on on, the, on a certain VR project as well which involved several uh, doctors and research assistants and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, they, they know about the podcast and some of them actually watch it. They're very intrigued by it. For example, the clip that we have about the, the, the ethical discussion uh, regarding the woman's daughter who was brought back into VR. They were very intrigued <laughs> by that as well and also the ethical complications of that. Um, but uh, they started forwarding me, like every time they now see something that is interesting or related to virtual reality, they start forwarding me those, those articles. Uh, so one of the one of the doctors and all the gentlemen, very intelligent, uh, uh, very specialized, you know, highly regarded. He forwarded me an article as well about the best virtual reality headsets, and uh, I, I was like, oh wow, I haven't seen this ar article yet. And I started reading it, but then I realized that the article was from 2017. <laughs> and the the thing is, and that, I didn't realize that before because we're all so on that bleeding edge of technology, we're so on that fringe that we we don't notice how fast this industry is moving yeah all of the headsets that were in that article listed they're either not produced anymore or they simply don't exist anymore they yeah. had stuff like it was the google daydream was on wow. there which is a, oh, yeah. a project that you know kind of disappeared as well <laughs> well the oculus rift s was one of them uh, they had uh, the oculus go i believe was on there no no um, <laughs> the, the hc5 was on there and then also uh, the, the playstation vr and like I was reading the article and like back then it was indeed like, you know, that was like the bleeding edge. And just like a couple of years later, it's like yeah. know, the industry have moved so much forward that, that I mean, the majority of them don't exist anymore. Uh, so I, I replied to them, very nice article, but unfortunately these headsets 
do not exist anymore. <laughs> and actually new players have arrived. Uh, but they're also yeah. aware of other headsets like the, like the Pico Neo and, and all of this stuff, uh, which, is, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Cool. Nice. It's kind of nice to be involved in that kind of thing outside very, very. of this as well because exactly, that's, that's because your work, right? Yes, exactly. So I, I work in, 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 a, in, a, in a neuroimaging department. So we do mostly medical imaging, uh, but we do it with uh, dementia patients. So we mostly work with, with elderly people. And there's a, a, I mean, I'm sure that Nate knows that and, and his brother as well. There's a huge potential for the, for the VR industry to disrupt that kind of market as well, where you have, uh, you know, elderly care or like even diagnosis and assessment and training and all of these, like bringing back memories and all of that kind of stuff. It's, it's a very different kind of aspect of virtual reality, but I do think that VR has the potential to disrupt that kind of field as well, which is very interesting yeah. to see. Yeah. 100%. Very, very interesting, dude. Very, very interesting indeed. So uh, next up, our first special guest joining us this week, <laughs> taking Zim's place for the show. He's a diamond geezer who's now working full time in the VR industry. Welcome and congratulations to Chris, aka Gamertag VR. How Hello. you doing, dude? It's I'm been good. A, it's been a crazy couple of weeks for you. Yeah, it's been a crazy couple of, well, three months, <laughs> to be honest. It's been, everything's just been mental. But yeah, thank you ever so much for congratulating me. And yeah, it just feels right. Do you know what I mean? It feels good. And it's taken, nice. a, it's taken a while for f things to feel that way. I'm still settling in because I'm a real fan of um, routine in my life and everything's been nothing but routine like it's been completely opposite so yeah this week is like i'm trying to settle in and um yeah it's good it's good thank you so so just just so everyone's aware um gt took a, a post as the community manager at fast travel games right well I, yeah he gave me like a nicer title i'm like assistant marketing saint or other but i think oh, wow. i think he's actually going to push me into that community management side of things he wants me to like well be the face for the community you know so you know if they've a play right. testing or anything like that i think that's what's going to happen in the future but at the moment i'm yeah. having to use my brain a bit more like learn programs <laughs> and stuff which is a shame but i'm trying you know what i mean no, i think you'll do a fantastic job because previously yes. you're working on the railway right you did that for years um but yeah it's great that you finally sort of got a you know a full-time role in the vr industry and also you got to visit and, their and a great company a great Sweden, company right? yeah right Congrats. yeah like fast travel were um they were the first developers to ever actually respond to me asking for a free game. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It's, like, it's funny because the, 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 oh, wow. the first developer for me to respond to a, to a game request is actually on the show today as well. It's wow. Really? <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. So, like, uh, yeah, you, obviously, like, I think I was only doing PSVR at the time. And uh, the games on there were bloody quite expensive sometimes. And I remember before I even started, I bought every single game, like, doing YouTube and stuff. And I was thinking, I can't keep up with this cost. It's like costing me a fortune doing this. Because in the end, you're like, sometimes you're playing games or you're wanting to show games that you necessarily wouldn't buy for yourself, if you, if that makes mm. sense. So um, I started like making this terrible email to ask, uh, you know, if you want to have a look at my channel, maybe you want to share some gameplay. And then I saw you guys, you went to Stockholm. A lot of YouTubers went to Stockholm. You had an event there. That's and right. um, I remember seeing that and thinking, wow, how amazing. And then, uh, yeah, they sent me a key and I was like, oh my God, like, you know, and then literally I've been talking to Andreas ever since. And, um, he's just one of those guys in the community. Uh, he, he, he has his like finger on the pulse. He knows what's going on and it was great just to meet him, hug him and just be like, I don't know. It felt good. It felt really good. And meeting the team, it was really good. And they have these really lovely cakes and they have this thing called Fika, uh, oh. which I've never heard of Fika, but do you know, does anyone know what Fika is? Was it, isn't that the drink or something? 
So they, I thought it was actually a product. Like they were going, oh, we'll have Fika in a minute. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Fika. Sounds spicy. And then, uh, but it ends up, <laughs> Fika is like an event. It's something where oh. you all eat like dessert together kind of thing. So yeah, when you're having Fika, it's like time to be with people and talk to people and stuff. So yeah, uh, I imagined Fika had some sort of sweet icing uh, a bit of a pastry, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just something completely different. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. It, it was really good. I went and met the team last week. I only spent two days with them, but um, yeah, it's lovely. It, it, it's really yeah. nice. So I'm really excited. Okay, so so far, job description is if you become a community assistant, you eat a lot of cake. And, and you buy me a lot. <laughs> well, I'm, nice. I'm quite lucky because I'm going to be working from home. So luckily I can avoid uh, yeah. a lot of the calories that these guys are going to be having. So, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations again, dude. I'm, I'm so, yeah, so chuffed for nice. you. So, uh, yeah. Definitely also looking nice. forward to ch chatting in a, a little bit about your trip to California, which we'll, we'll talk about very shortly. Thank you. Uh, but next up, uh, our second special guest and one of my favorite guests we've ever had on the show, actually. Uh, he's... The CEO of Cloudhead Games, uh, bringing us epic VR titles such as The Gallery, uh, Pistol Whip, and the Aperture Hand Lab. It's uh, Denny Unger. Thanks again for joining us. Hi. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. <clears throat> um, what have any, I... Any highlights? Yeah, uh, I've been doing quite a bit of, um, weirdly, VR chat. I, I get in a lot of trouble because I constantly dump on VR chat. But people don't realize how often I'm in there to pick it apart. Uh, wow. There's so many problems with VR chat. Uh, anyway, so maybe I won't get into that right now. It's that's a long conversation. But so I've been picking apart social VR just kind of in general um, and mm -hmm. seeing where the problem points are. Um, and there's many. <laughs> uh, it's it's such a it's a really interesting area because <clears throat> there's so much room for improvement uh, mm -hmm. and, and there's so much failure <laughs> in design happening <laughs> on that front. Uh, so, yeah, I've been kind of obsessed with uh, kind of jumping into, you know, Rec Room and VR Chat and kind of kind of all the usual suspects, uh, Horizons, can, all of that stuff. Right. Can we sort of um, maybe think that this might be research for something that you might be working on? In That's the what I was thinking. I was thinking, <laughs> why would you spend all your time doing that? Yeah, that yes, be. yes. Why? Why? Uh, yeah, I just want to also say um, I really, really appreciate uh, Heroes Hangout from Demio. If you've if you've jumped into right. that little, oh, yeah. that little yeah. piece, there's there's something really um, magical um, about how they've kind of handled that. Um, really, really did, well done. Did you yeah. see that they're adding um, painting to that in the future? So you're going to be able oh, to paint perfect. your models. Yeah, that, like that 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 is amazing That's for me. Right? Like the, when I saw that, I was like, the genius. Things a lot of boxes. The Stranger Things basement feel kind of thing. That yes, amazing. I love. It's funny because I said that the first time as well. GT, the first time I played that, oh man, this feels like like a it's Stranger Things, like yeah. a basement yeah. feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. The, the art style, the 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 theming of that place and the feeling you get from being in it um very well done it's also got kind of ready player one vibes um in, in right. the basement yeah. uh yeah. but they're they're just making a lot of really smart choices there and how they approach a uh fun multiplayer kind of in between space before you jump into the game um so yes yeah short answer is been doing a lot of research for um upcoming stuff that we're working on um yeah uh, everything we're kind of doing right now is focused on multiplayer um so we have uh I, we made an announcement with our our blog release recently for our anniversary um saying we're working on essentially a triple a title 
Uh, how I define, well, well, I got well, in trouble well, for that. Well, so hang on, go ahead. You, you, you didn't, you didn't say AAA because what you did was That's you, right. you put three bold capital A's in the <laughs> blog post. Yeah. So yeah. people made the assumption that you were making AAA games. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, people have different definitions for what AAA is or what that means. T to me, it means kind of like a, a breadth of experience coupled with uh, a budget that is, yeah. <laughs> is is encroaching on AAA budgets, right? Okay. Uh, it's, it's having resources and experience and you bring those together and you'd get something that's that's AAA. Uh, yeah. it, uh, so we're very excited about it. It's, uh, it's kind of going to be hitting the market in a in a sweet spot where new hardware is starting to flourish a bit bit more um nice but it's uh for us as a studio because it was our ninth year um it, it marked a really interesting point because wow. uh it we've we've battled the kind of up and down roller coaster of the vr market in general and we've seen yes. many of our peers kind of disappear completely um they, they had to fold fold up shop M many were too early to market with with games and ideas there's so many cool um, experiences from that sort of 2016 period that completely died on the vine because there just was no audience. Um, but the, yeah. it didn't mean that the companies that died along with them were doing anything wrong. They were doing everything right. There just wasn't people there to buy those things. Uh, yeah. You're absolutely right. The other day, um, someone was saying to me, wouldn't it be cool if you could play Descent in VR? And sure enough, that team made yeah. Overload, which is basically Descent in VR back in 2018 and it plays yeah. really well and there's a multiplayer base still going and yeah. 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 There's a whole deep dive you could do with just kind of revisiting a bunch of titles from that period, kind of like the year or two years um, following the vibes launch. Yeah. There's a lot of great stuff and, and it was a, of a very high quality bar too. I think we all expected the market to be flooded with people mm -hmm. at that point. And so all of us were putting a lot of resources and energy into it. Uh, anyways, so it's been a really interesting journey and, and the, the greatest thing, and I'm, we're seeing it more and more often with studios that have kind of survived through that period. Uh, we're all, we're all getting this opportunity to finally do big, the, the big things we've always wanted to do in, in the medium. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and pistol yeah. whip was very successful for us, continues to be, and we're still doing updates for that. Uh, we've got a, a, a year planned out of a lot of really cool stuff. Um, However, it, what this enabled us to do was essentially start a labs division where we could focus a bunch of attention on weird ideas and uh, mechanics that would just otherwise be too risky to handle. And out of that is coming all of this great stuff. And we did a game jam er earlier, or, sorry, late last year. And that bled into kind of the decision making matrix on what is this thing? What's missing in VR? There's there's actually a lot that is missing that still hasn't been kind of touched on that carries over from 2D markets um, in interesting ways. So anyways, long story short, I'm, I'm very excited about the stuff that's starting to come out of that effort. And uh, I, think, yeah. I think people are going to be uh, pretty blown away. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait I, to uh, to pick that apart a little bit more later on in the show. We've got like yeah. a big section dedicated to just chatting to you because I know like we talked for a long time last time you was on and you've got a lot of fascinating <laughs> things to say. So we've, we've, we've got a big chunk of the show dedicated to talk about that stuff. So looking forward to getting into that a little bit more later on. Yeah, that and mods. I've been I've been really fascinated watching um, kind of the successful integration of mods more recently. Uh, yeah. in like, like the people focusing on those things are, are starting to do a number of things. Right. And that's because, uh, 
there are, there are best practices being kind of uh, globally accepted now for certain ways to approach uh, doing that kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. it's and, interesting because yeah. I'm looking forward to getting your insight into because the so so we'll get into what the chat played and then I'll get into what my <laughs> highlight of the week was and then we can get into your thoughts on what I played because I think you'll have an interesting take on it for sure. So uh, yeah. what about the chat? What have they been up to uh, for the past couple of weeks? So I, I didn't see that much pop up, but I have two people who have been uh, well doing some VR stuff. Um, we have Wato UK who has only been playing relaxing VR this week. And that means relaxing. Is that is that a general term or is that an actual? That's a genre. That's a genre. Relaxing yeah. VR is a genre nowadays. Yeah. Um, Great and, title. On, on Flight Sim 2020, by the way. Mm. Yeah, right. and um, all I'm gonna say, uh, don't do it like Mike did, because then you're gonna crash into his house. Because <laughs> Mike, true. Mike, Mike is flying and reading the manual at the same time. How to how yeah. to do it? Uh, it's a very dangerous combination. Um, and then we have uh, uh, Me Seeks, who has been. Surprise, surprise, been playing Pistol Whip. And uh, he says it rocks. Yay. Uh, and uh, recently completed the Western level, totally felt like a badass John Wick. And the music <laughs> is fire. Nice. So there you go. That, there that's you that's, go. that's no. a review right there. Of Thanks the for whole playing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I also want to give a quick shout out to Dash Angel as well, uh, who, who gave us a super chat uh, saying happy weekend, everyone. So yeah, thank you very much for that. We really appreciate it. Um, so my highlight uh, this uh, week, uh, I got to experience Resident Evil Village in VR. Mm. Um, it's kind of funny. I've been I've been dreaming of playing this game in VR for such a long time. You know, I remember when the demo first dropped uh, for the PS5 before Could the you? game launched, mm. um, and you could go through this like kind of dark cellar. You had to sh kind of shoot your way through the cellar, and you had these creatures in there. And and I just remember thinking back then, like playing it on a flat screen, like I, ca I can't wait to play this in VR. Like I want to play this in VR, <laughs> and you know, I kind of expected that. Resident Evil Village would have a VR mode because like, you know, Resident Evil 7 launched on uh, PSVR with a, a VR mode and it was one of like the best selling games on the PSVR. Uh, and, and that mode never actually officially came to the PC version. So I kind of thought like Village will likely get its own VR mode eventually, like when PSVR 2 drops or something like that. And, you know, as we've talked about on the show recently, that <laughs> kind of looks like it's going to be delayed, you know, to uh, early next year. Uh, so it does seem that this time around, because of VR modders, uh, PreyDog in particular, that PC VR players are actually going to be able to experience Resident Evil Village in VR prior to PSVR 2 players, potentially. Oh. Um, and, and I just had such a great time with it. And, you know, I, I've been I've been a big advocate of mods on, on, on the show recently, you know, with like Cyberpunk 2077, for example. I thought it was a really great experience because of the interaction with the characters that you didn't really get to experience in traditional VR games. They were just such strong story-driven uh, character interactions that it just felt incredible, even though it didn't have motion controls. But this mod actually does have motion controls. So you've got full uh, motion controller aiming. You can pull um, a bottle of health uh, from your from your shoulder. You've got two weapon ha uh, two handed weapon handling, like with the shotguns and stuff. Um, so yeah, the, like the whole mod just mm. felt really great. It felt like it was like a you know the way you'd want to play it in VR. Um, to put it that way, that's, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, you still you still have to use the A button to um, to pick up items. So it's not like mm. physically picking up items, but you know that's probably the only thing it's really missing. I, w I would say the other caveats are that you need like a really high end PC, obviously, to run these mods, just like any other mod that we've we've covered on the channel. Um, right. 
But um, and the other thing is that with with both um, Resident Evil Seven and Eight, because both are going to get this mod treatment, both mods are releasing at the same time, so you're going to be able to play them both on PC. Um, I would just say that both of these games have a lot of scripted sequences where you, the player, don't have control of the camera movement and you're being like thrown around yeah. a room by a big vampire lady <laughs> or, you know, she's slamming you through the floor and you're falling through. Um, so there's a lot of really intense moments um, that will make you motion sick. Um, so you've got to bear that in mind. You can skip them. You know, they are optional. Um <laughs> But it's a great way to play through the game. I'd highly recommend it. If you've got the system for it, you've got the original game. Obviously, you need the original games to install the mods. The mods will be free, by the way, which is uh, incredible. Yeah. Um, and we've added a link to uh, the the mod sort of page uh, in the description below. But the mods don't actually release until next week. The the sort of builds that are on there right now are early builds. But um, it's also think. done um, Resident Evil Two, Resident Evil Three, yes. Resident Evil Seven, yeah. and Resident Evil Eight. Like, yes, it's incredible. Yes. The only thing they're really missing is, like, I, I don't know how difficult this is from a modder's end, but being able to flatten those uh, moments where the camera's out of control, out of the player's control, being able to basically, like, uh, sorry, what was the game? Do you mean like make just... a virtual screen? Exactly. Uh, like, yeah. almost, so, like, yeah. basically, almost like what Resident Evil 4 did. Exactly. Res, Res yeah. 4, putting the screen out in front of you when there's those, uh, you know, it's mm. like the director taking control of for a second and not yeah. making you sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. It seems like the simplest fix for trying to apply this stuff to um, older games. Um, uh, I, I don't know how difficult that is for the modders, but that would be no. the solution. Mm. And I'm kind of curious because um, I saw you tweet recently because you're not a fan of stick locomotion, right? You're not a fan of smooth locomotion. Uh, it, if it fits your design and your game and it feels good and doesn't make people puke, I'm all for it. I remember yeah. this conversation. This was a few months back, wasn't it? I, I dump on that. stick move at least at least oh. once every I remember this months. I remember this conversation <laughs> but I, I think yeah. it, it, from your perspective you're, you're always thinking about the new player right whereas I think you know because we, we like especially us as gamers um, in the VR space that have been in it for such a long time we almost forget that we we all felt sick at some point playing these games we don't feel that anymore because we've kind of like I don't know, developed, uh, you know, a kind of like a, yeah, a resistance to that. Yeah. Um, but we we do often take it for granted that new players, you know, they see these videos that we produce and they go, oh, yeah, of course I want to play Resident Evil Village in VR. And then they jump into it maybe like, <laughs> yeah. you know, just after yeah. buying a headset and they feel really sick and they wonder why, you know. Yeah. Is, is there so, vignetting or anything happening in the... No, oh, nothing. So, no so that's, the, like, that's the other thing I would say is like for any mods, it would be great if they could somehow incorporate some kind of vignetting for forward velocities to, to get around yeah. some of that stuff. But my thing isn't that, um, you know, ugh, stick move is just crap and, and don't, don't bother with it. I, my, it's not just about onboarding new users that are really sensitive. I'm still sensitive and many people at the studio are very sensitive and that's a good thing. Um, it's more about, we still haven't found the locomotion scheme that, is the WASD of VR, you know, the WASD with mouse control. We have not, no one has found that. Um, or I would argue that that still hasn't been found because we're still, we're stuck. We're not, so many designers are not designing for the medium. Uh, and when you do that, you get better results. Like uh, Ultimex uh, just released a bit of a teaser trailer, for example, yeah. and they're doing a really brilliant thing, right? People, people are already dumping on it because it doesn't have stick move. Um, but that's they're entirely missing the point. They've got these like nodal systems set up across the arena where you're dashing to the nodes so that you can focus just on aiming and shooting and situational awareness. 
so they've simplified locomotion, but that, but the benefit of doing that is it's also, it makes the game incredibly fast because you're, you're zipping around the arena in these, in this very rapid dashing motion. Anyways, it's uh, a game that's built around kind of one of the weaknesses of VR, but they made it a strength and we need more developers to think that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's great it's example. the same kind of concept that we saw back in the, in the, the developers of static, uh, who made like PSVR, who mm. also kind of embraced the concept of like, okay, we don't have proper motion control. So we're going to make a game that, you know, embraces that kind of concept. And I think that's still one of the best implementations of controller users where you, you just have a controller, but your hands are like glued and stuck to that. I think that's just yeah. brilliant. That well, what like, a, Bad Matter has done that great as well. What, what I find intriguing about, because this is what I said last month, like this year is going to be the year of the sequels and the AAA mods, that there is this, this market is growing so fast right now. I think a lot of people are kind of bored of other like traditional VR stuff that they want these mods because... These mother like these mod uh, guys, they do it full time now. They're guys who make ten thousands of dollars on just making VR mods now because there is suddenly this this scream for, as Mike said, you know, like uh, deeper storylines and everything. So I I think it's gonna be like the 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 lineup that I'm most excited for are the mods and and, and yeah. not necessarily the ground like the build from the ground up VR games. But Where the, is the uh, AAA PC VR games? That's the problem, isn't it? At the moment, that stuff's and coming. Making them that, now. That, that that stuff. <laughs> and, well, I'm not not just speaking for ourselves, but I know yeah. speaking to my peers that all of that is coming. I think you're gonna yeah. we're gonna hit a really cool crossing point here, where you've got sure a lot of mods because that's what people expect or are wanting out of VR. That kind of bigger breadth of experience. You're gonna get studios with a lot of experience building that kind of stuff, and but and that's all coming. Um, so it's yeah. it's a really exciting time, actually. I, I think it's really, really, really going to play a massive part of this. But yeah, hundred percent, yeah. yeah. And I think it's reassuring to hear that from someone like yourself that knows a lot of other people in the industry as well, uh, because we we don't we don't hear that, you know, because no. it is it's a bit of a a radio silence time at the moment, and we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that in, in very shortly. But you know, we've said it's been a slow year, and I think a lot of devs they're obviously working hard behind the scenes. They just can't share yeah. what they're working on right now. Yeah, and there's there's, there's so much secrecy around hardware itself. Um, so of course, everybody yes, everybody is radio silent right now, not because there's nothing happening, but because there's so much happening. Exactly. Yes. Um, exactly. I was going to say, yes. if you guys and Eric brought it up in the chat, uh, there's a game called Rogue Ascent. Uh, it's on App yes. Lab, and it's a game where basically you just use hand tracking to move, which predominantly or, or normally to me means it's going to be quite slow. But this game is the opposite. Like, as soon yeah. as I wanted to move one way, it went that way. To fire, mm. you literally make a gun hand, and if you want to reload, you tip it upwards, and the gun reloads. It was a really clever use of That's, um, that's the one that you brought tracking. up last week, right, yeah. Mike? Uh, you and Zim yeah. played that oh, did one. You? Yeah. 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 On the last show, yeah. Zim and I both had it as our highlight of uh, the previous two weeks. Yeah, it's very uh, We cool. both enjoyed it so much, and yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a great, it's it, a great it, game. They, they yeah. invented fast-paced hand-tracking uh, pretty much, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. and that's not, using, that's not using that's not using 2.0 either. So no. it'd be interesting yeah. to see how how much that makes it better, a better quality experience. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so let's get into the news then, um, because we've got a lot to talk about today, and I'm sort of keen to get on a little bit. But uh, uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the Meta Retail Store, because uh, Gamertag 
you know, you were fortunate enough to be flown out to California with a few other creators uh, to visit the new store. Um, and you got to check it out and explore the, the products that they had on show there. What can you sort of tell us about your experience uh, jumping in and, and what you got to try out in the store? I mean, as for aside from VR, there was Facebook portal um, mm-hmm. where they'd done this. Everything's still a bit Facebook. I think it's a bit confusing, but yeah, so you got Facebook portal. They had like a, a, port- a portable version of it. And uh, you went into this like little soundproof booth and the, the lady talked you through the experience. And then she made a call to another guy who works at Meta in another room, which was a kitchen. It all set up and like they acted out like this call. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wow, there's a lot of effort in this. Um, so they did that. You've done some like AR stuff. Then they have Ray-Ban stories, which I think from what I'd seen on social media, I, I expected them to be pretty poor. Uh, people were saying, oh, the video quality is poor, things like that. But I actually really, really like them, and I use them all the time. My wife has now taken them. Um, so, yeah, she's using them all the time. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, as for the store itself, uh, it was really cool to see, like, the old headsets up on the wall. But the best bit is the mixed reality wall. I think, I can't remember, I think it's like a 30-foot screen or something, and it sort of curves around. And uh, unfortunately, there is a bit of delay. There is a lag in what you're seeing. But I don't think people who aren't us will care about that too much. They just need to get the mm-hmm, idea right. that that person is playing golf and you'd be like, what, what is it like? And you'd be like, well, it feels like what you're seeing. Like I'm on a golf course and um, the only thing that didn't work was the sound for the, everyone else. So above us was like these uh, surround speakers. So you get the sound from what they're doing as well. Mm. But yeah, like for what it was, for people just to be able to walk in try headset and then have, I don't know how many other many people see a mixed reality experience. That's really cool. Like that. So, mm. so what are the games that people get to try for the very first time when they um, go to VR? Pretty sure it's uh beat saber, uh, golf plus, um, uh, what, what's the, uh, sports one? They try and push the, the, the membership one. Supernatural. Uh, Supernatural. There's, there's two others and I can't remember Pistol what they were. Oh, is it? Pistol Whips, yeah. yeah. Nice, yeah, so nice. there you go. I did knew you have was... to agree to allow them to demo it as like a... Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's cool. five. Yeah, I knew there was five. Um, and Pistol Whip looked great in mixed reality, obviously. So I-, I wanted Space Pirate Trainer in there. I thought that was a really good mixed reality game uh, back in the day. It looked really cool. But yeah, otherwise yeah. from that, it was um, very impressive. And Awesome. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I hope more things like that happen. I hope it's not just... I hope it's the start of the norm one day um, because yeah. VR needs mixed reality for the outside folk. Like it makes sense that way. I think more so because like, like something I like, I, I think the store looks awesome. I, I think the only thing it's missing and that's something I got to experience when I went to China where HTC also has a store and they have like group uh, things where you can select, you go with a group of friends, you all get to experience VR in one room. So like a social experience. And they were usually kind of basic, like standing ones where you just shoot like zombies or something like that. Yeah. But I, I, I think a social, like, because it's a social company after all, but uh, like adding some kind of social thing to this uh, store would be very important, I think, because that's what? the most magical thing ever, like getting to mm. see a friend in VR. Without a doubt, yeah. one of the best things or most memorable i ever done was at Gamescom, uh, Vertigo Games. Um we did oh, yeah. a location-based uh, Arizona. Yeah, that's just yeah. so special because you're not using joysticks, Denny. You're just walking around. Yeah. 
that is just so immersive and to know someone else is in there and plus we did a, what was the what, what was the game where you're like the ship captain and it's all like multi-dimensional kind of thing or multi-perspective oh, um zim's favorite game and uh, oh, what was that you with the pirates and the like it's the classic riff game that we want to come to quest i think no What's no no this one this one was the where you're like the the fisherman and you got oh, fisherman's and then tail is it fisherman's tail oh, yeah there was an experience there where there was like me and this guy and we were shooting each other across this right edge. i've played that one as well together with zim yeah and, Back and then when they were showing it yeah and then at one at one point i was a tiny person on a big <clears> ship i didn't know i yeah. was tiny until i saw the other player and it turned out what i was standing <laughs> on was a little ship on a windowsill and that perspective and then shifting and then seeing them as a tiny person on the windowsill in the little ship. That, that for me, is what makes VR like the mind-blow moment. You're like... Yeah. yeah. You're wow. right, though, Nathie. Having a, having a uh, location-based experience bundled into the store makes a lot of sense, especially considering how retail is kind of like taking a dive these days. No one, no one goes to retail anymore. Yeah. Or, or, or at least they, they do very rarely. It could be something simple, like uh, we have... Uh, what is the game called? What's the official unofficial demo for quest 2 uh first no not first contact but first steps first steps hmm. first like steps. imagine just using that just put three players next to each other and they play around with the stuff on the table and they i think that would already be enough um I, yeah, like you could also totally. say horizon but i i don't think that's ready to to show totally. uh right now because I, I remember back in the day when we we had the the rift and we were playing the toy room experience together me and yeah, you Nathie. exactly and exactly this even, even that just yeah. throwing like yeah. uh rubber puppets, ducks and like toy robots yeah, at your yeah. friends and yeah hand yeah, puppets yeah, yeah. they were they were awesome even that's <laughs> isn't it just throwing something <laughs> yeah. at someone and then catching yeah it. it's and like, it's a standing absolutely. experience so people don't run into the screen <laughs> you know but, they just stay on the spot I do, I do think retail is, is an important part of, of, of the future of VR because, you know, it's kind of difficult to portray how awesome it is in any sort of marketing video yeah. or YouTube video that we create. You know, there's only so much you can yeah. do with that. And I think it's a bit like it's a bit like the Matrix, you know, like what Morpheus said, you, you kind of have to try it. You have to experience yeah. experience it for yourself. And I think, you know, we've seen quests in retail stores, but I think what they lack in in like a Best Buy or a, a PC world here in the UK mm. is that you don't have the trained staff to give a really good first demo experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's obviously with the Meta Store, you've got fully trained staff yeah. there that know 100%. They know the games inside out. They know what to uh, to put someone in for the first time. True. And I, I think, you know, if if they can start rolling these stores out, maybe, you know, they don't, they don't need many of them, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but to give someone that really amazing first demo, you know, that's going to really leave a lasting impression because the last thing you want is someone giving a demo on a, a VR roller coaster or you yeah, know, like yeah. a smooth locomotion game as their first or, experience. Or leaving it know? up to like the many terrible, terrible location-based um, VR arcades that have been popping up <laughs> yeah. in malls. It's like the worst way to onboard people to VR because most of those experiences are just garbage and they make you sick. They are garbage. And, 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 and. They are terrible. Terrible. Agreed. But it was great to see that, you know, you got to meet up with our fellow creators as well out there, a few friends of, of the show as well, and uh, hang out with them. You know, they're awesome people. So I was super jealous sort of seeing you all out there together. Oh, it was awesome. It was, it was, that yeah. was the best, like, I did love the Meta Store stuff and like going around San Francisco, but being with those people and it's quite funny how the more content creators and influencers I meet sometimes is how they can have like, hundreds of thousands of followers but they all feel quite lonely at the end of the day do you know what i mean and they feel yeah. like they haven't got really anyone to talk to about certain stuff because you can't really talk to anyone about youtube outside of youtube so it was nice to just be able to get together 
and just like everyone just chat about stuff you know it was really it was really good and vr and it was great it was it was it was awesome it was awesome great yeah great um the other thing i want to mention whilst we're on the subject of meta stores is that we all know that the online store recently changed from oculus to meta um uh, and it's kind of like a there's there's like a Facebook Meta branded store now where you can buy the the Quest Two officially through, uh, but weirdly, uh, it, it was sadly it's Bradley posted this today on Twitter. But weirdly, if you go to the setup pages of the older headsets like uh, the Oculus Rift, the Oculus Go, and the Oculus Rift S, they've bizarrely rebranded them to the Quest Rift, the Quest Go, and the Quest Rift S, and it's almost like they're just erasing the Oculus name completely from the history books even of their setup pages so it's kind of bizarre like even even the original quest is just called the quest but with their kind of naming convention you would think it would be called the quest quest why doesn't it then just say meta i mean meta rift S. i know it still doesn't sound great but then at least that it makes, makes sense. more sense it does seem like some sort of typo error. Like someone's got the wrong memo here because yeah, but they this are, doesn't make they, any sense. They, they seem to be working on changing the website a little bit there. So they must be kind of working on things. It's very, it's yeah. very weird. It sounds, sounds like, like it, is yeah, it doesn't sound great. It does make more sense like, though, like you said, to call it the Meta Rift or the Meta yeah. Go. You know, if the, if I still don't the want them to call it that way, but it makes, yeah, it makes more sense. Yeah. Makes more sense than the Quest Rift anyway. That's even more <laughs> confusing to consumers. The Quest Rift. The search, the search results and the, the SEO on the, you know, the, the people are going to get so oh confused. But anyway. Uh, I, I find it funny what, what Eric said in the chat. So may, maybe you just press like, you know, Control F and then replaced <laughs> Oculus with Quest like, on the entire website. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's the case. It uh, is bizarre, but I thought I'd mention it. So yeah, if you want to see that, go to the setup pages of the new uh, the sort of meta Facebook uh, website. So now let's move on to Project Cambria because um, this week we've got a few new snippets of information about this uh, new headset because Mark Zuckerberg, he posted a, a, a short clip and he also did a live stream as well actually on his Facebook page uh, talking about their upcoming headset. And in the clip, Mark kind of wears the Project Cambria Although for some reason it's blurred out, so you don't actually see the headset. Why so did weird. he do that? That's so strange. There's <laughs> full like, renders of it everywhere. We all know Bradley. We all know what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's too high. No, it's to hide certain features of the headset. I think. No, like, no. So according according to Boss, they they thought it would be funny to do it that way. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, really funny. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think I think uh, the one that I saw someone suggest was that maybe it was a uh, it wasn't quite the final form factor that they were going to mm. maybe release to the public, or maybe it was a further on version of what's going to be released so they kind of didn't want to uh, that's know, what I was show the hand. I think it's yeah. just a marketing beat. They don't want to yeah. miss when they, they want to, when they do the big reveal, they want to show the hardware as it, as it is. And I think it was just marketing people saying, you can't show that. That makes Even sense. Even though everybody's well, seen it. To be fair. Like, <laughs> Even like, though Mark is the boss. <laughs> as we know, a lot, of, a lot of stuff has leaked already. You know, like they, we had the leak with the uh, internal uh, setup videos that leaked online. Yeah. And then we had the, the, the product renders that yeah. sadly it's Bradley uh, made up from, from seeing some pictures of it. But anyway, who knows? I, I, they it, blurred it. It, 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 it kind of like, looks like they want to reboot that they are the ones who are in control of when you're going to see the stuff well in reality they're not in control anymore because the community already knows so they're because <laughs> it's still true. far away you know it's like yeah. it's months and months away so well, and that is, that's that's also a good point is we're all vr geeks right so we we watch all the news the, the general public doesn't watch this news that's true so they don't that's they true. don't know what cambria is or what it looks like true 
we're in this bubble together. That's definitely, true. Wow. It's definitely um, a bubble. Definitely a bubble. It is a bubble, yeah. Uh, so the clip uh, showed Mark uh, trying out a new mixed reality experience called uh, The World Beyond. It's an experience that blends the real world and the virtual world together using a full colour pass-through mode of uh, Project Cambria. Um, it's kind of interesting because like the whole beat with Cambria that I've seen so far is like promoting mixed reality, uh, which is kind of more AR functionality over VR functionality, even though it is a VR headset. And it's kind of interesting because if you look back a couple of years, I think it was Michael Abrash in one of his like prediction talks at the end of a Connect. He kind of said that he thought the the foreseeable best AR headsets would be VR headsets with AR functionality. Mm. And it's kind of like that's actually coming to fruition with this specific mm. headset. Yeah. So it's kind of uh, kind of interesting there. Um, but the footage that they showed uh, was like of a virtual pet type experience, similar to what we've seen before with like BOGO on the Quest. But this time, this kind of cute little creature is actually running around your real world environment. So it could be jumping on your sofa, for example, uh, or something cool like that. They did say that this experience, the world beyond, will also be coming to the Quest via App Lab in the future. But of course, the only way to experience it in full color pass through will be with the Cambria headset when it eventually launches. Um, I thought it was kind of weird of them to show this predominantly in the clip. They did touch on like productivity and, and fitness as well. But the majority of the clip, even though it was just a minute long, was, was mainly about this virtual pet experience. And I think for a headset that's rumored to cost like, what, $800 plus? Uh, and and more aimed at business and productivity for them to show that didn't really seem like a a good fit really. Well, like you for know? some reason, every time we see like something AI related, there's always an animal showing up at first, and then we yeah, can finally get the, I yeah, think yeah, that yeah, makes sense so, to do that. Throwing a rock, yeah, because yeah, yeah, I think it's easy to understand that yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. It, it's something yeah. that people grasp, and it, it comes back again from that you know Tamagotchi era where people like used to take care of pets like that, mm. and. I mean, they did. They did show other things as well. I'm sure that you'll highlight them in in, in a minute. But I will. Yeah. I, I I I understand why the because it's something that you grasp uh, in order to you know to to show off kind of features, and it's probably again like that first steps kind of experience in order to in, like introduce people to, uh, you know, the concept of using that pass through, that color pass through. It's also probably easy to you know make something that is. Uh, graphically unrealistic I think rather than to make something like if they would put like a real dog in there people would be like oh you know it doesn't look like a real dog but if they put this like weird kind of creature then you know it has more like the kind of like that kit kind of thing immediately but it's mm -hmm. it's probably easier for people to understand you know what this is for the, the big problem though is that it doesn't let's just be honest it doesn't look good um, mm -hmm. so yeah. so it's it reminded me a lot of like Magic Leap once uh all the promo had been shuffled off and you actually <laughs> yeah. started seeing what it yeah. in practice would have actually looked rock. like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and other demos and, and even experiencing that in person, but like, uh, yeah, that, that was the biggest problem I had with the footage. It was like, okay, but you're showing, you're showing this in a way that doesn't look very attractive. And I know mm -hmm. the hardware is vastly more capable than that. Uh, so the approach is, is a bit, funny to me showing that as your yeah. first thing it's like mm, like I, I think i think what they could have done but that's kind of like playing again with what you're saying where you kind of fake this whole thing is like what microsoft did with minecraft where it was on the table yeah. and you had like this mixed reality view oh, in a third yeah. person way and you kind of mix because the the recording ai device the the field of view is so small 
It just doesn't work very well. But if you then have a third-person view from it and you see him running yes. around petting something, then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, now I see he has the glasses on. And so that's how it works, you it, know? I mean, it's intended like, as a teaser, that what they did. However, the world is very acutely focused on these releases. So that first <laughs> teaser better be good looking you know people are paying attention so i I get why they did it because they they, it was just a little snippet of well this is what we're working towards but yeah Mm -hmm. uh, it didn't look great i feel feel bad because of the sorry go. no go 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 go. i feel bad bad that we're all excited over a a productivity headset everyone's just like we need i want games (laughs) do you know what i mean like i'm not not even giving this headset much of a second thought like because i'm like well it's not about games so no and i don't know yeah, i may be on but, the other side of the spectrum for that because i would be very interested in like you know more productivity kind of related headset also because of the field that i'm working on i know that there are probably things here that are that are relatively interesting for me and and i was wondering is this maybe do you think that maybe the entire saga around the magic leap people bashing it kind of like caused them to maybe go more for the like the the uh the the Un- uh, under promise and over deliver kind of yes. strategy where they show something you know like this yeah. we can do and more is to come and then when they actually show the, f- the final device and then they'll blow everyone's minds yeah, instead I of going the right. other way around uh, with I, Magic Leap showing yeah. a whale and then the whale, I, I, the whale. I, I, a guy throwing rocks I think for yeah. meta the, the whale you could replace it with their video their 20 minute video of the metaverse and everyone saw that and everyone thinks this is what it's going to look like and then you come with like I, I hear the the, 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 right. the bad flu theme of Jurassic Park playing in my head again <laughs> where you see this no that, this is what it is and, yeah. and, and, and you're like, okay, wait. So like a few months ago, you were like, it is epic Matrix vibe kind of thing. And now I this this is what you show. Uh, I, I found also funny that Stan from Links was like, like he expected, he was like, he was like, I'm sure he was scared of what they were going to show in the end. And it's like, wait, this is it? So for him, it's good because other companies are also looking who are also making these kinds but of... But that's what uh, I'm saying. Like, is it maybe a strategy that they're like yeah, yeah, under-promising and then over-deliver on that promise? I think you're yeah, exactly all right. really smart to do that. All it highlights for me is that their recording tools that we've complained yeah. about for years and years <laughs> yeah, yeah, clearly yeah. aren't any better on the next-gen hardware. It hurts them, it hurts uh, them in the end. Yeah, so, it does. Yeah. Yeah. We look forward to those uh, crappy uh, aspect ratios again in the future. Um, <laughs> but, but one other thing I want to highlight is that, um, that he did a live stream. So shortly after posting this clip, he did a live stream with uh, Jesse Shell, who's the owner of Shell Games. Um, they uh, made, you know, I Expect You to Die, They're Making mm-hmm. Among Us, which is coming soon as well. They actually also made a little demo called I Expect You to Die uh, Home Sweet Home, which is actually a pass-through game that uses the pass-through, and you have to escape from a crate that you're in, and then you have to kind of scan the, the walls of your own home for, like, bugs and listening devices and things, which I, I thought sounded really cool, actually. Um, but one of the, the real things that stood out for me throughout this live stream was that Mark said... I would be surprised if by the end of this decade, if more people aren't using a VR device as their primary work device for more of the day. And I was like, wait a minute. So we're talking like end of the decade, eight years time, that he reckons that that his, potentially his VR device will replace traditional workstations. And I'm like, that's that's really optimistic. That's really optimistic. And in my mind, you know, like, Selling VR to gamers, in my mind, is an easier sell. You know, like, 
you can tell gamers like for the first time you're going to be able to actually step inside the game hmm. you can step inside the shoes of your favorite video game characters but selling a virtual workstation concept to people that to use that instead of a laptop or desktop, money, I think that's going to be really money, hard. The money they'd make. I don't think so. You don't think it's going to be hard? It's. I, 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 yeah, I don't think so, because the, the 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 thing is, if you the, and I I just remember that 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 Palmer Lucky post that he wrote where he um he talks about you know if the if the promise of VR or the the application of VR is there, the price doesn't matter that much anymore. Or you make the price as cheap so that everyone kind of affords it, right? And I, I see that as well in the, I mean, in the field that I work in, and there's so much emphasis, especially in, in the training department and like, you know, trying to like improve certain aspects of a workflow. Because I, I think with this, they're kind of generating a market of application that was probably not there before. Much like, for example, the iPhone like opened up like a, a different kind of way of working and a different kind of way of communicating with people. And I think that VR has the potential for doing that as well. And of course, there's, there's a cost associated with that. But if it could increase efficiency, if it can increase productivity, I think there's a lot of companies, universities, you know, industries that will spend, gladly spend that money I, in I, order to uh, improve that. I do agree, but do you think, you know, it, they're going to have to do more than just like, okay, we're porting over a word like processor over to, to the headset. It's going to have to be like completely revolutionary and a different oh, yeah, no, way of working. I think I agree. And I, and I think that that in, indeed comes more from like, for example, in, in the clinical field, like doing a, cause they're already doing that at the university is trying to get like an operation and you, you see an overlay and you see like where the person's heart is and you see like these kind of like technologies developing. I think the value of that is so much larger but uh, it's not just uh, if they're just going to make a word processor in vr then that there's they need to generate something new you know like it, it needs to be because i can use a, a word processor on my on my on my workstation it's funny yeah. actually because i saw a commercial of 1992 where they're introducing excel it's laughable you know if you see that now but that that grows and you get that new kind of thing in there that eight-year time, eight timeline that he he's referenced a couple times now it for me it's coming from uh just kind of gross advancements in the actual hardware. Uh, it is going to get much smaller over that eight years to the point where, uh, and and back to your point, Mike, uh, when Abrash basically said the best uh, AR headset will be a VR headset. Totally on point like that. That is it's going to reduce to a point where it is 100 percent competitive with what you would consider like a traditional AR device, but it'll be much more powerful because you can augment the visual systems mm. in much more powerful ways. Um, and I think the, the form factors are going to get so tight that it's really going to be like, eh, do I, do I do the, the more traditional thing or do I go full um, MR? Um, it'll be an act legitimate option. And it will all, the price will also be highly competitive because yeah. everybody's driving towards the same thing. I, I think mm -hmm. that crossover between uh, sort of MR, AR is, it is going to be a, you ubiquitous technology that will replace your stinky cell phone for once once and for all and i do think that's between eight and ten years so i wow. think he's right on the money with that uh yeah. by saying that and and another concept that, that i that i thought of as well is like if you see like for example the rise of like the cloud in general like used to mm -hmm. be like you know all companies had their own like servers stored and and you, you have something that came up that kind of revolutionized an entire industry so that companies now even though it might be in the, you know 
uh, more cost effective it might be more efficient it might be more uh, less productivity that they that they have to put into like generating these kind of centers and if, if they can provide like value in that kind of sense uh, focusing on productivity way beyond the concept of for example only a spreadsheet and a word processor but generating productivity or increasing productivity and efficiency in a new way of format mm. even if that comes at an extra cost I think that a lot of people will be, or a lot of industries will be jumping onto that. Yeah, but I think you know, and while I agree with your use cases, like with doctors, and and we talked about like train drivers in the past, you know, having to do like visual inspections of things, and you know, it ticks off like a virtual checklist because you're physically looking at it, and it recognizes that in the headset. I think I just think about the everyday user that just wants to work and do email and calls and stuff remotely. But there's more than that, though. Like, if, for example, an engineer. Someone like if you if you work in a, in, a, in, a, in a phone center and you only need to use a phone in order to call, then maybe in the beginning there will be not be a direct application for you. But I think that if if that if that grows and for example you'll be able to get video chat, you'll be able to speak with a physical person there. Like that there's so many things that I mean that we can't really think of now because they don't exist. But as the <clears throat> industry grows yeah. and the technology develops, then those things will seem more logical. And like in ten years yeah. from now, we'll be like, you know, why didn't we do this before? Yeah. The same as with think, the iPhone. Yeah, it'll be I a cloud of apps point. following you around yeah. that you can just Isn't drag right? into wherever you're whatever task is at hand they'll be able to call and I think you touched on a really good point there Denny and that's the the cost because if you think about a laptop cost or a desktop cost if you had multiple monitors for a desktop for example you're talking like serious money there whereas you know Mark's vision is that you'd have multiple virtual monitors that you could put all around you and 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 work from those so I, I get it from maybe the cost balance will tip people more in the favor of the headset eventually because it will offer more functionality at a lower price. It's not just and that. It's the, ultimate... it's the the craziest part of all of this is once the technology reaches that critical point. Threshold. Uh, yes. Like there, there's going to be automated um, FLIR based room scanning and th weird shit like that. Anyways, map out your entire environment and be able to reskin your environment in any way you want. Like uh, it starts calling up the you know the necessity of or how we value tangible things in general. All this yeah. all this junk decorating my office right now. It all goes I love away, that joke, by the way. Yeah, yeah I, I do yeah. too. I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get rid of it, it just it because it, AR. Um, it would have been get rid of that junk. Let me know first because I want, <laughs> I want first dibs. Uh, next time, next, agent, for example, next, like reskin the apartment. Like there's yeah. so many mm. things. It's just tangible yeah. things start disappearing. Um, your your TVs, like there's so many industries that will be directly threatened and replaced by once that mm. technology hits that. That's why there's so much confidence or overconfidence in MR. AR because they know that once you get those things right, you can you you start replacing tangible things in a very literal way, and and whole yeah, environments agree. are skinnable and changeable, and that's the point where the consumer market goes, oh holy, holy crap! I this this is a really a world changing technology, and it won't matter. Yeah. They'll they'll be in just for those basic 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 things. Okay, interesting. And interesting. I'm still skeptical, but I, I, I find your, uh, your your thoughts are interesting. Go on, ne next time when 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 he comes on the show, like his whole room is empty. He just sits in a cardboard box. <laughs> yeah. and we know, then we know it's time. Just in his pants as well. Like, That's what I'm saying. Then you know, <laughs> know we're there anymore. Then we finally reached that point. Yeah. <laughs> but um, some other uh, snippets of information were shared by Boz uh, in an Instagram AMA session. He confirmed a few things. Uh, one, that Cambria will be available to uh, consumers to buy because some people thought it might just be locked to like 
businesses uh, buying this headset, but you will be able to just buy it, apparently. Uh, he did reiterate the fact that it will be expensive um, because of all the new tech to make the color pass-through possible. Um, he also said that it's going to work with Oculus Link and AirLink, just like Quest, uh, which was kind of interesting. Um, he said that the cameras work by using both RGB and black and white cameras used together in conjunction with each other to do a color pass-through uh, that also uses infrared beams for depth sensing uh, to provide a better reconstruction of the world around you. So he basically said that, you know, if you think of Quest pass-through now, it's very, very rudimentary. It was never really designed to be used that way. But this new system, this new pass-through will actually make you feel more mm. like you're part yeah. of a, a physical world that you can yeah. reach out and touch. And you're going to get that sense of, of depth around you, which is... Yeah, that sounds compelling. The, the thing is, the thing is, the moment you experience full RGB pass through, you can't go back to the black and white warp thing anymore. That's right. Like, you like, try like, it I, like I yeah. see everyone getting excited about like, oh, you can play. I expect you to die and everything on the Quest Two. I'm like, I don't want to. Like, no. I, I don't think it's great at all. Uh, I don't like. It's also kind of dangerous because, as I said, the the, the view is kind of it warps around. Yeah, so it's it, like definitely the, got a warp. It, it kind of puts you off when you walk around. But yeah, I, like after trying the links. Like pass through, like I, I do think again, people are going to overhype this and they expect this to be the sharpest thing ever. And uh, like the colors, everything is gonna look super accurate and stuff. This is like the first, like gen version of it. It's gonna look great, but it's not gonna look what, what you think. It's not gonna be your eyeballs replaced by your hmm. eyeballs and then you're gonna see things. It's That's got what a, I'm saying. It's got enough going <laughs> on in terms of the tech stack required to do that thing properly. It's kind of like the first gen of that thing so that developers can actually prove out all of this, yeah. all, all of the hype concepts, scenarios yeah. and concepts um, <laughs> that need to be proved out to show everybody, yes, this yeah, is yeah. absolutely the right direction. We just need a couple more generations of hardware and then we'll, we'll be somewhere really, really special. What, what sort of price point do you think the Cambria is going to be at? Like you, you touched on price earlier, it's high end, but... yeah. I think I think it's going to be like thousand thousand bucks. I think eight hundred to a thousand bucks. I think is is probably a realistic price. But of course, you, you thought like six hundred, right? Six hundred. Initially, I did, but, but I did see an know, article pop up where they suddenly say it was eight hundred. Yeah, um, they said eight hundred plus. Um, so yeah, I think around that sort of be, ballpark. So a nice toy for the rich people, for the rich nerds. Yeah. For but the I mean, yeah, but is, but, but, since all of us are fans of PCVR, is there a reason to get this to play PCVR games? I, I I don't know. I think I, you know. That's what I want to know. They're, like you know, <laughs> they're still I, pushing the the quest line as their gaming focus line that's accessible to the masses. This is more of a niche product that's more of a kind of like a an example of what's possible and the the way they want to start leading things in the future. The, the, the fact we're talking about a total different design. Also, when I tried yeah. the links, that's not like you put on a quest. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think for gaming, I still think the quest lineup is gonna be for that. Then he breathed um, in, see. and I don't know if he's still holding that breath, but he breathed in, and I'm waiting. For him to... oh, okay. I, sorry, I'm just <laughs> trying to think of what. So, um, <laughs> the, so the, if you follow the leaks of things, um, in the very first leak where they were showing, um, uh, it was the onboarding experience from somebody had dug that mm. out of files and showing a woman putting it on and dancing around. But interestingly, the the dock for it really really actually quite compelling having a circular base where you charge your headset charger controllers and you just drop them on there and that yeah. is somehow linked to whatever pc or not yeah. uh i think ease of use is going to be a big deal with this uh being able to throw that thing on very quickly and have the controllers and everything charged up and ready to go 
plus form factor is obviously another huge one if like i'm i'm spinning this around well what about pc gaming and and that type of thing i think yeah, there yeah. i think there are advantages over something like the index just based on form factor weight comfort alone uh and yeah. then and then having kind of that dedicated station where you just pick the thing up and, and go yeah. it'll, it'll be like like a google home or an alexa that you have in your work in your in your in your place and when you want to put it on you just pick it up you it looks it damn comfy <laughs> that it does look damn comfy. Awesome. i think as well from a creator perspective it might have that performance headroom running quest 2 games that makes the recording better well, for us creators potentially that's something that i'm personally looking well, forward let, to. let me just tell you like straight to the point like the audience we have they just want you to play with the new stuff so quest 2 is kind of they so you pretty much all the games that you used to play you play them again on this uh new headset yeah. yeah and then and then people like oh because it's total new again and as i said people like use a lot of their own imagination with hardware and that's where it gets to the point where people think this is more as you said with resident evil if i never tried it, i see you play it i'm like whoa yeah this is like so immersive this is most must be the most immersive thing ever well yeah. in reality when you play it you're like oh wait this is kind of cool but that doesn't really look real so I hope it's kind of getting to the point where people, there's certain expectations and especially yeah. for the consumers, because I see the Quest 2 audience jump on this like crazy. Yeah. I don't think they really realize what this is and where it's going and what you can do. Like, you know what I, I mean? I think it's because over the past couple of years, they've been fed a lot of like... Quest 3 Pro. Lies. Quest 3 Pro but, was a year ago. Well, I didn't want to go <laughs> too deep sure. into it, but yeah, you, you get my point. Yeah, they're, they're kind of being sold an idea that this is something that they want which isn't necessarily designed for them well yeah. the consumer right. always thinks every headset gets announced that it's for them doesn't matter what price mm. point it is or what they always think they they should be well, the ones at, that that's what i was saying earlier about the way the community is so mm. like reactive <laughs> to any bit of news like htc and the tracker remember that it was just yeah. an image and it was just part of a tracker <laughs> and everyone went oh my god it's a brand new headset and yeah. This like, changes oh, everything. I think yeah. that's it. We're, that's what we're in the middle of. Like people are kind of bored with VR. They want new stuff. They want new games. Everything. So each and every bit of news gets just completely overblown I, because I think, people want it to be that. I way. think their pricing strategy will probably be designed so. in such a way that they're trying to push out normal consumers and just focus yeah. on enterprise yeah. and and or developers to to make all of these things real. However, I think they might be surprised by the kind of enthusiast wave of people willing to spend the money. And I think, Definitely. I think yeah. they like, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm imagining that they may have, they may be underestimating the demand for what they're about to release. I think so yeah. too. Yeah. I think, I think also the, the like uh, content creators like us have evolved because when I started out, I couldn't buy this kind of stuff. Now yeah. I can just buy it. And if I don't act responsibly on my channel and just tell everyone like, oh, yeah, it's so cool. Whoa, whoa, everything looks so sharp and everything is amazing. And then people think it's a gaming thing because that that's the thing. Everyone exactly. is responsible yeah. here as the industry to make sure that the expectations are right. You, you're, you're, you are all looking at this tech from the perspective of, well, what's going to come after this tech? So I need <laughs> to have this tech so that I can, yeah, 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 so that yeah, I can yeah, know exactly. that. And so, yeah, of, course, exactly. of course, you're all going to have some <laughs> yeah, version yeah. of cambria on your head and of course the people watching you are going to go i want that too that looks better of it course. is better what why, yeah, what am i doing yeah i think you're absolutely <laughs> yeah. right i think the price tag alone will set that aside because a lot of quest owners aren't the people who bought the quest for that person there's a lot of kids out there yeah a lot of it's just not going to have that that uh, that impact that quest had no 
So the the last the last thing that Boz mentioned in his AMA was that um, he confirmed that removing the Facebook account requirement for Quest is still in the works, so it is still coming. It's been a while, though. It, it? Been a while. It's yeah. been a while. Yeah. Apparently, it's not so easy to uh, to backtrack on that decision. Um, but one 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 thing interesting that I saw um, around sort of Cambria because I was doing a bit of research on it, and this sort of tweet came up from Guy Godin. As we know, you know, he's, we're a fan of his on the show. We've had him on the show before. He's the creator of Virtual Desktop, and you know, he responded to Boz in a tweet and asked directly, quite bluntly as well, saying like, "Why, as the developer of the most successful app on your platform, don't I get early access to came to a Cambria headset, especially considering it's targeted at productivity applications rather than games? Many developers already have one. Genuine, genuinely curious, and I, I kind of kind of get the feeling, you know, from from Guy there that it's kind of like." He's got to the point. He's kind of at the end of his tether. Do you know what I mean? He's he, he's saying this publicly, whereas you know most of these conversations tend to, ha- tend to happen behind closed doors. But he's clearly getting frustrated because <clears> I think he was very much left out of the Quest Two sort of pre-launch dev access yeah. stuff, and it does concern me because we've talked about you know the anti-competitiveness of of Meta and Facebook in the past, and especially with Guy and his his, his app Virtual Desktop, they've they've used elements of that concept in their own sort of uh, products. And it does kind of worry me a little bit uh, as to why something it's, like this w- would happen. I mean, let's be honest, it's so embarrassing that he has to explain himself mm. and that he has to ask for stuff. Mm. Like He should have just gotten one and he would have been surprised by it. That, oh, that's the way it should have gone. He's actually in the chat and he huh. said that he received a quest to a week before it released uh, to consumers. Um, yeah. you know, which isn't enough time as a developer to, to sort of get your app up and running and make it, uh, you know, viable for the new the new hardware. So I, I totally feel for him, um, and I, I hope. Yeah. Well, I hope the, that the only thing I would say though is that, um, and I'm not defending them. I don't I don't know all the ins and outs. However, I do know that hardware is at a premium. Like it's really difficult to get that hard because there's just not not enough of it to go around. Yeah. Um and they obviously are going to strategically pick their battles when they only have a i'm i'm imagining they only have a subset of hardware they can share um so they are going to prioritize different people and, and so yeah. many of us are left waiting that's just the way it is no, but, but they're I, definitely I, I, they're definitely putting Guy behind because i know that a lot of content creators got yeah. a headset before a quest 2 before he got a headset which is yeah. i mean if they can send it to content creators i'm sure they can send it to the most successful developer well, I, I, the... I think cambria might be a bit of a different circumstance in terms of how yeah, far along they are i agree um yeah. 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 On the other side, this man invented wireless VR, so I I see no excuses here. This yeah. he should have gotten a, a headset first, especially for the whole productivity thing. It just makes sense, you know. The, the fact that you could, that his app does what a lot of their <laughs> they're planning to do out of the box, you know. I, I don't Maybe know. Maybe that's it, the problem then. Well, it, it could it could well be, and we we that's the speculation here. But hopefully, this message has got through to Boz, and they uh, they make right on you know at least keeping them updated as to what their plans are with him, because it seems like he's very much out of the loop at the moment. But one thing I kind of wanted to mention it. Yeah, it's it's yeah. interesting. It could be that, but it could also be. I'm I'm speaking from the experience of dealing with many different OEMs, and th- often people think these companies operate at a scale they don't. So the number of yeah. people actually dealing with giving you hard hardware or communicating with other departments to get you hardware it's often a very very tiny group even in the biggest companies uh so there is that there's an extra layer there of just kind of general bureaucracy like Mm. people are overloaded i think that's fair to say across the the oem spectrum like all of these companies they're all getting bombarded by xr experts or or enthusiasts or whatever and that they often just don't have bandwidth 
Yeah. I, I, I genu- genuinely hope that is the case and it's nothing yeah. more on the malicious side is, is the point that I'm just trying to make, mm-hmm. you know, um, because we know that they've done some sh- shady stuff before. Yeah, with, that's totally fair. Particularly around his app, yeah. Um, but let's move on then. Let's uh, let's get into uh, the, the sort of nitty-gritty with you, uh, Denny. Um, so if you, if you don't know who Denny is, just to sort of reiterate, he's the CEO, of Cloud, <laughs> the, the CEO of Cloud Head Games, uh, responsible for VR uh, titles like The Gallery, Episodes 1 and 2, uh, Pistol Whip, and uh, the Index Controller Demo Aperture Hand Lab. Uh, if you have any questions for Denny, by the way, drop them in the chat now, and we'll we'll kind of flick back through and we'll read some of them oh, out. And and creator of the Oculus logo. Kind <laughs> yeah, of exactly, exactly right. Because yeah. if you don't know, Denny was on the show eighteen months ago. We had a great time with him on the show, and there was a lot of insight into the the, the early days of VR. You know how you got into VR. You know the early days of chatting with like Palmer Lucky on the mod forums and being responsible for the the first Oculus logo, then your journey into becoming the CEO of Cloudhead Games and, you know, the the, the difficulties mm-hmm. around uh, motion controllers with the STEM system, the Sixth Sense uh, STEM system and, and that kind of stuff. So if you're interested in to learn more about the history of Cloudhead and Denny's journey into VR, then go and check out episode 154 uh, and, and, and have a listen back. It's a great conversation. But how have you and the team been since that time? Because that was obviously 18 months ago. Um, you know, it was mid-COVID, so things have sort of started to ease a little bit. Are you sort of back together as a team, or are you still going down the remote working route? Or how, how's that working as a, as a as a studio? We we had to shut down our physical location, which was uh, it was an old fire hall that we converted. It was like eight thousand square feet, and it, oh wow! The depressing thing about that at the time was that we were just in the process of renovating the entire downstairs. It was like midway through construction and uh we had to just scrap it all um wow, wow. Uh, so we do still have a physical office and <laughs> now it's in a train station uh it's just we have a funny weird building history <laughs> but uh it was actually the we were in this train station uh many many years ago it was maybe our second office so we kind of moved back there it's just a tiny little room and essentially it just functions as a way to to get gear out to, to staff uh and and it stuff anyways it's a it, we need some kind of physical location and uh, Tr- tracy my coo and my wife uh often goes there and and we'll do like small meetups there or whatever but we're essentially a remote studio and we will remain that way for the foreseeable future i don't think there's any going back um just not just in terms of like because the pandemic forced certain things but uh there's no going back because workers have experienced working from home they like the flexibility. They want the flexibility. And uh, I, it's just the future. You have to be flexible enough to let people do that thing. Um, so we'll, we will remain a fully remote studio. Um, we might evolve into having like a flex space. Uh, we kind of have it now, but something a bit more purpose built for that so that people can get together if they want to or they want to get out of the house because the kid's crying or whatever. There's a place for them to kind of hide and, and focus on work. Uh, but yeah, it fully remote. Nice. And I think I saw when I read your blog post uh, about the studio, because you celebrated your nine year anniversary just recently. So congratulations That's to same. you and the team Thanks. Uh, for that, by the way. Uh, but I, I saw that you've grown the studio now to like 70 plus employees. Like That's crazy. Yeah, well, we're not quite there yet. I think we're well, 40. Uh, anyways, uh, by the end of the year, we'll be in excess of that very likely. Um, we've had good wow. luck because uh, huge. we live on the, the West Coast in, in near Vancouver. We're on Vancouver Island, but 
there's a lot of VR related studios and talent on the West Coast for whatever reason. And um, we've, we haven't had a problem hiring. People often come to us and poke around and see if we're looking for people. So um, we've been really lucky that way. So you're not quite at 70 yet, but that, that's the plan for the at least the end of this year to be 70 plus employees. Yeah, because Pistol Whip is, we consider it kind of evergreen. It's something that will just kind of remain on market and we're constantly adding to it, adding features, adding new scenes. Uh, and so there's a team dedicated to that. And then there's a team dedicated to the new, not AAA, not AAA product. Uh, and and then there's a, a team dedicated to labs and, and labs is it can be, it kind of vacillates. Like there's the, the number of people focused in there can change. Um, yeah. but anyways, it's like three kind of things, departments happening at the studio. So we're just, this is, this is a good sign for the industry in general. And I know, again, a lot of our peers are kind of much in the same growth sprint, uh, because we can afford it. Right. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is great. And we touched about this, like, previously during the show but um you know uh, us as uh, creators and, and enthusiasts of vr and vr gaming specifically you know we kind of felt like this beginning section of the year was kind of quiet you know we had this huge push over the christmas period new titles uh you know big push in marketing from the meta side as well with the quest 2 sold incredibly well over the christmas period and then we kind of got like a nothing you know like january hit and that was it not nothing um do you as a developer feel that kind of lull and you, you kind of touched on this that you know you, there's so much stuff going on behind the scenes for you as a developer it's just that nothing is kind of public yet yeah it's 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 uh, i'm sure it's the same for for many other studios it's actually quite frustrating um not being able to talk about all the things that are happening um there's so much happening in the with the actual oems producing hardware um that can't be talked about openly um, that's maybe the most frustrating thing is wanting to get everybody up to speed there on, on how exciting everything is and where things are headed. Um, but everybody's just, I think everybody is just truly heads down building. There's so much to do. Um, and people finally have the resources to do it. Yeah. And so, so maybe like without giving too much away, like what is it that you're most excited about right now, uh, moving forward? in the VR space? Is it, is it like the new hardware? Is it like, you know, the fact that, you, you know, there are more people um, that are well established now, like yourselves that have got experience in the industry? Like, what is it that excites you about the VR space right now? I think the most exciting thing is that we've climbed out of the trough of disillusionment uh, with, with <laughs> VR just at, in general. So like in 2018, yeah. everything was dying, dead, investment circles were focused squarely on AR. And then all of these years later, there's a realization that, oh, crap, AR has some really hard problems that aren't going to be solved for another 10 years. Uh, oh, what's this MR thing? Anyways, there, there was an entire pivot uh, where all of these companies uh, started investing heavily again in VR, getting excited about, sorry, VR, MR. Uh, and everybody's jumping back on that bandwagon in a really serious way. Like all of the major players, anybody you can kind of assume are, they're all pouring massive resources back into, to, um, VR and knowing that and seeing kind of the, the future roadmap, it's like the next two and three years, uh, are, it's going to be extremely busy. I think the competitive landscape landscape is going to change a bit. There's going to be kind of a rebalance of, 
who's dominating the industry, who isn't. Uh, I, I think that's nothing but good news for VR as an industry. Um, and I, I also think there'll be a, what's really fascinating is that because of this MR push, uh, I think it's going to draw a lot of new people into XR. Um, it's going to draw a lot of different segments of the public into the tech that just didn't exist before. We, we were all gaming focused and that's good. That's how it needs to start. However, the way that they're pushing, they're, they're going to draw more kind of mainstream audiences into the tech. And that's just going to continue to grow the excitement and enthusiasm over the market. The market is going to grow leaps and bounds over the next like three to five years, um, which is incredible news because it's already doing quite well. Um, it's, it's only going to get better, which is just so it, what you're saying is like, <laughs> what you're saying is like, like three years down the line, I'm going to get like another email where, uh, all of the tech is going to be forgotten about. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you're, you were totally bang on saying that because, uh, yeah, things change so rapidly in this industry. People, when you talk to somebody who's not, you know, tuned into what's going on, they're still stuck in like Rift days uh, yeah. uh, or yeah. Oculus Go days. Or I don't, It's like they were frozen at precisely the point of that 2018 drop into the trough of disillusionment. And they went, ah, it was a fad and I didn't really pay attention to it after that. There's a lot of people yeah. still like that that don't they don't even know that the quest uh, ended up dominating the market and solving a number of friction points that make it super easy to jump into VR. Like the quest in our house, it sits on the couch, it lays on the floor, it's on the kitchen counter. Like that is probably the biggest reason that technology has succeeded where all other efforts have failed because you're not tethered mm. to a PC. It's super easy to jump in within like a few seconds. You're in an experience. Mm. But most consumers or many, many kind of mainstream consumers didn't experience that wave of VR mm. and they don't recognize mm. how um, radically that changed the industry. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And it's interesting that you say that, you know, there's more players that are pouring money into the, you know, to developing stuff and working on stuff behind the scenes because, you know, it has kind of been a one horse race for a long, long time. Yeah. And even just, you know, it would just be interesting to see more players come in and, and sort of duke it out with Meta a little bit. And I think, you know, it's good for consumers. It's good for innovation. It's good for developers. It's good for everyone, like competition in the space. You know, having a this 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 one company run run the roost isn't good for anyone, I don't well, think. Yeah, releasing a game on multiple different headsets is awesome. The developers because it's expensive yeah. when, when you have to port to so many different that's one i will say one kind of um pain point in the industry right now is we, we you know we're reached out to quite often from new new headsets um wanting us to get on their sdk and and port to their system and there's still like a pretty mm -hmm. divergent gap there and and you really have to dedicate people to the porting exercise and it, it becomes very expensive. So we're still stuck in this phase where we can only uh, focus resources on like two or three platforms at a time. Yeah, because well, there's question. a little bit of a silver lining to that as well, I think, because with the amount of like, for example, if if you are one of the studios that, you know, that Meta wants to pull money in, then it's interesting for them, of course, to say, uh, you know, you get exclusive access and you get almost unlimited resources in order to develop this thing uh, because you're on that on that Facebook budget. Uh, and the reason why we've seen some of those experiences coming to to the Oculus Quest or coming to the Rift S, uh, before, for example, is because, you know, they're on that Facebook budget that are able to, you know, deliver those kind of experiences. Mm. Yeah. I, I was going to ask, are, are you guys on the Pico Neo store? Uh, no. 
Okay. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought you were. I don't know. I don't know why. I'll have a shoot right there. as well. But yeah, yeah. Uh, we're 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 talking about things. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and what do you what do you think of their platform though? Like, um, of, or their plans for let's say now rolling into the consumer market in 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 Europe for now? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Um, I think I think it makes a lot of sense. Like, uh, you know, Quest or or Meta's products can't really function overseas or or in the Asian markets really for a lot of different reasons. Um, in China specifically, and the Chinese market is such a difficult nut to crack because uh, penetrating into that market from North American markets is <laughs> almost impossible, and vice versa. It's very difficult for them to penetrate into American markets. So they have their own isolated market with their own hardware mm -hmm. and often it's uh, uh very very similar to things that are produced over here mm -hmm. uh I, I think there's going to be a big market over there uh for something like the, the pico um mm. there's definitely demand for it and a need for it there i think it'll do quite well yeah and and is it like because you said you know you needed a dedicated team to work on ports like this um, is it because of the, the, you know, the subsystem that they use to run these games? Like, is it like an open XR problem or is it, is it like, what's the, the issue for, for you as developers there? Uh, it's just, well, it, it kind of depends on title a little bit. So, um, like we have, um, leaderboards that are shared across platforms. Um, but, but creating a leaderboard, uh, there are some problems with, uh, regional issues. Like we can't create, we have to create a special custom leaderboard backend for china because right. we can't have those system sharing data in that way for a whole bunch of reasons um mm. so it some of it depends on your title and what features you have to kind of support on the back end if it's a live service thing like ours is um but some of it is just that the sdk is they always <laughs> they always say um this is kind of like universal for all oems they're, they're always like oh it'll only take you like a week to port and we now we just openly laugh because that's just not the way it ever goes. It's it's more like six months or. Oh know, really? Or wow. Yeah. Because I think that's the assumption as well from a lot of like the the gaming side is that that porting because you know the controller layouts are, get, are getting more similar, that, that it might make your life easier. But it's well, still the a lot the of work that goes goes yeah. in behind the scenes. It's, yeah. Basically, you have to depending on the hardware. Obviously, often shaders will break. Uh, um, so on on the program programming side or the visual side. There are often visual errors. Shaders will, will break. Um, they'll be artifacting. There's, a, there's like a whole gambit of visual problems that can come from trying to port to different hardware or SDKs. It's, it's basically a whole sea of unknowns the second you're playing with any kind of other hardware. And it's, uh, and, you know, aside from the obvious things where you're, you're making sure the sensor data is the same and making sure there isn't bugs there, but there, it's literally an, a gigantic open sea of problems usually that you have to kind of work through and just right, takes a right. long time and, and, and in terms of like if you've done a port for a particular game or experience for one piece of hardware does it make it easier to make it as well for another type of hardware are there general <laughs> things that you can like kind of like port over <laughs> sometimes but it, it, it's really hit or miss sometimes right. i guess is the answer <laughs> yeah because one of the things you, you tweeted about recently, um, you were talking about Apple, because obviously Apple's kind of like this lurking 
beast that's been in the background for years now. You know, every year we get someone saying that it's going to be happening this year, it's going to be happening this year, and then it never happens. Um, but you, you sort of said that, that Apple's biggest strategic error is assuming that VR game devs aren't the right target developers for its upcoming MR device. Yeah. And is that kind of like a like a bit like Gee, you know, a little bit of a poke of the bear to sort of say, you know, like, what why is that happening behind the scenes? Like, why are they sort of disregarding your skill set? Because, you know, people like you, a well-established VR studio now, you know, you've been in the scene, you know, almost 10 years. You, you know you know what the limitations of the hardware are. You know what the capabilities are in and out. Like, it just makes sense to hire people like yourselves. But why aren't they doing that? Or why aren't they listening to what you guys have to say? Yeah, I've, it's actually been a really interesting conversation. And I've heard this privately as well. They They just generally don't respect game developers, which I understand. However, the, the, why I was saying this was a strategic error is because what they probably don't realize uh, and what many uh, OEMs may not realize is that VR studios, especially the ones that have been around for a long time, have had a lot of AR hardware in their offices to pick apart. We, we've been approached by all of the majors trying trying to find answers for uh, what is the utility and fun of AR? Because they're having serious problems finding those answers. And I think a big part of it is that they're not hiring people who understand how to onboard consumers into technology. Mm-hmm. And though, guess who does that? The game developers do that. Yeah. They understand how to teach people how to use tech uh, and how to onboard them into any experience. It doesn't matter if it's an application or a game. There, there's, a, there's a level of uh, understanding there, system awareness and uh, design that is required to really do those things successfully. But the big, the bigger point is that we've picked apart AR hardware, and I know my peers have too. Um, and there's been these really fascinating back and forth conversations with uh, the companies making the stuff saying, look, you're still missing this, 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 and this. And until you solve X, Y, Z, this is just all fantasy land nonsense, really. Like this is not, uh, you're, you're trying to, offer us hardware right now. Uh, however, it is hard bound and constrained by the things it's not doing properly. Uh, you can't do the thing that the vision statement for what AR, everybody thinks AR should be until you solve XYZ. So why, why are we even trying to build this when you don't have that capability at all? I can't even mm. fake that design right now uh, for you with the constraints of hardware. Um, so it's like, well, we're not, we're just not there yet. It, that I'm saying this was kind of the past series of conversations and the the proof of that is their own people can't figure this stuff out their own their own internal teams have a real tough time boiling down the constraints of current hardware and making something meaningful to consumers um so Mm -hmm. so there's this weird kind of desperation uh conversation that has happened over the years about well shit we don't know like we can't find this magical nugget can you guys see what you can do and so anyways, that comment on Twitter was more of an expression of, listen, we've been dealing with this stuff for almost a decade. So why you're not considering VR studios as valuable resources to, to figure this out, I, it blows my mind. Like, I don't know. Sorry. Especially because like in, in, in the beginning of like the, that new VR revolution, I remember that you were part of this kind of team that was like put together in order to like, try and find out how do we do user input, which is, you know, in, in gaming, it's like on, on, a, on a PC, it's very, very easy because you look at a, at a certain screen, but you can't do that in VR because you have 
you know, you, you, you don't always look at the same thing. And I remember that because it was a very interesting, I, I don't know if it was like a, like a conversation or a blog post or a series of videos uh, that you guys did, but it was very interesting to see like from a VR developer perspective to see like how user input is being generated. And I think a lot of companies, especially like the bigger ones that are so used to like, you know, developing products, not only gaming, but like for like a, a PC audience or like a productivity audience, uh, is that they f forget those like kind of like basic things and simply don't know how to do that. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I do agree with that. Yeah, yeah you mix that with um, like there's just like this base level of uh, awareness and understanding of how to develop for spatial XR. Like it, it is a whole discipline that people don't have. Uh, and they mm -hmm. the, the mistake we see being made repeatedly is they, they think they can do it. Uh, but they're, 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 the truth is, is that they're almost a decade behind in some cases. And they're not, they're like, ah, oh, we, we got this. Our engineering team can, can figure this out. But you have to learn so many weird, nuanced things about how to design for a 3D spatial environment. Um, and that, that, anyways, that was my point. <laughs> that skill yeah. set is, is kind of hard won, and you have Unique. to like battle yeah. your way through it to well, really understand it. And I think, you know, if, if, if they see that Valve, has trusted you as a company to onboard everyone with their new controllers, right? With the the Aperture Hand Lab, you know, like you've done that before. You know exactly how to do that with new hardware. It's because they distill it back down to, oh, well, you're just a game developer. Like, what? We're yeah. not going to trust uh, this multi-billion-dollar effort to a bunch of game developers. Like, it, again, it's like this. It's this a bit of a facetious, like, yeah. uh, not really understanding the journey that it took to get to where we actually sure. are starting starting to understand like xr as a medium but how how like what would your approach be to wake them up or get their attention like my my instant response would be like okay i need to first talk to someone network my way in yes and then start to really get to the point where it's like listen totally it's like fort knox at apple you can't yeah, there is yeah, there is none yeah. of that so traditional ways of wiggling your way through contacts and uh, connections you always hit a hard wall. Almost they they come to you. You don't go to them, um, yeah. which is uh, fair enough. That Apple's, a, a, as we all know, a, maybe one of the most secretive companies on the planet, um, <laughs> and they they do try to take things in house and just deal with it themselves. Um, yeah. they, they they do all listen to this podcast, so you know they've <laughs> yeah. heard you already. I <laughs> just want to say, uh, Denny, that, recently that you yes, you mentioned on Twitter about um, doing a developer podcast. Did that? Did that turn into anything? Is there any any push for that? Because Bradley's mentioned it, and I was one of the people who would love to see that happen. You know? Yeah. Well, we've talked about it for three years about doing something like that. I think the problem and where we get hung up often is that it's it's like we can have this really cool developer podcasts where we can't talk about anything because, That's right. <laughs> because we'll, we'll hear all of these bits and pieces and then we'll leave. I don't so know. We'll just get hung up. All sign NDAs. And then everyone but listens that's exactly, to sign an NDA. Yeah, but that's exactly why you're on here. Like we just say it for you. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to <laughs> yeah. not. If it's true or not, we just say it. Yeah. No, but like the thing is, like you're you're always welcome to come on the show, even if you don't, if you don't have anything to really say or you can't confirm it. I mean, there's just so much, even now when you're kind of vaguely speaking about things, it's still, it's still very interesting to listen to. I, I'd be you great know? if you guys did a, <laughs> um, just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm more than happy to come on more, more frequently. Um, or you could have like a segment where it's just, you bring in, uh, you're already doing this. You're bringing in developers to talk to them. <laughs> yeah, what am I talking about? We do. <laughs> but, like, but just like you, a lot of the time they're bound by, you know, a lot of stuff that they can't talk about. 
But um, a question I had for you about uh, Cloudhead was because predominantly you're known as a gaming studio, and I appreciate you know the comments you were saying about the whole Apple uh, perception of you as a company. But have you worked on other projects aside from gaming in the VR XR space, or is that something you can't talk about? Aside from gaming, yes. Um, there's been a few things, and anyway, I can't talk about them, but uh, they were yes. We've worked on AR products before um, and mm. gotten gotten through discussions about certain things uh, in really late stage. Yes, <laughs> there's been, there's been, yeah. I think I, maybe it's more fair to say it's more like consult consulting. That might be yeah, a better way okay. to frame it. Yeah. Because, you know, we've seen it with other developers that have made, um, you know, projects for McDonald's, for example, to fund, you know, their games. Mm. So they do a lot of the business stuff to fund the fun stuff that they actually want right. to do. No, we haven't, we haven't done work specifically like that. I, I wouldn't want to, I like, we're not, that's not our passion to do, mm. uh, uh, subcontracted mcdonald's yeah. ads and, I, and I think <laughs> i think as well now like you're, you're a big enough studio to stand on your own two feet anyway right so yeah like i also think there's a weird uh, how do i say this i feel like there might be a weird correction coming in following years i think there's a big focus on mr ar because that is where investors are hyped that is where the industry is hyped but going back to what i was saying about finding the 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 fun and utility there i think it's going to be much harder than most people realize i think mm -hmm. there's going to i think and there's a, the reason i'm saying this is because there's kind of like a weird push away from vr content in general mm -hmm. and the importance of vr as a medium because again it is its own medium it it has its own strengths and its own potential right and there's still so much potential there but there's a strange like overcorrection to MR right now, which I think is not really taking uh, the importance of VR seriously enough. Mm, so right. I, I feel like you're going to see a lot of MR, MR, MR. But in reality, the, the, the where the rubber meets the road is still going to be VR in a more a bigger way than maybe they anticipate. Um, mm -hmm. so, so I think there's going to be a, a push there and then a correction going, OK, wait, mm -hmm. wait a minute. VR is still really great and we shouldn't be completely ignoring it. Do yeah. you guys remember uh, the AR experiences on 3DS? No. On the Nintendo no. 3DS. So, like, you could scan your friends' faces and they would turn into spaceships that you'd run around oh, right. shooting. Yeah. Or, <laughs> for example, yeah, yeah, you yeah. have... Yeah, or you'd have, like, a volcano appear on your front room and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And that stuff, back in the day, I know it wasn't like in a, you saw it on a flat screen, but that was mm. absolutely incredible. So when you were saying about fun experiences, that sort of thing to me, always, I always remember that. I always remember yeah, be, my son running around the house shooting his friend's yeah. head with a helicopter <laughs> on his head. You know? like, yeah, maybe, maybe this is a bit off topic, or maybe it's not. It's like, I, I wonder, where is Nintendo right now with the whole VR thing? I think the Labo yeah. stuff was really cool. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome because the fact that yeah. kids got to learn to build their own games and it explained vr to you so you put on mm. the headset and it's like hey i'm a headset i'm vr this is what i do i know it sounds kind of silly but mm. you kind of get the point of like how does this work and what it's made of but now like how long it's been ago like three four years that it came out and now there's just nothing yeah. are they still going to come back to that again if you if or... you if they lean too far into um oh well we're just building applications and we're just going to put application designers on that they're kind of missing the point. I, I you need mm -hmm. people who understand fun to make boring things interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like that's look at that really Mario Kart nice thing that really you had. Like that. that mixed you reality. That's like a mixed reality fun. game. The the AR thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, was like, you know, oh, that, yeah. yeah, that's the that last thing that came out through. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Do I have potato vision right now? I think I feel like I do. 
we um, we all kind of dip all, in and out yeah, of it okay. yeah, every now and again. Yeah, <laughs> apologies for that. Um, but one thing that was kind of interesting that got kind of got the whole industry hyped a little while ago um, was this whole concept of Valve making a standalone headset, right? Because like, you know, standalone yeah. has kind of been so successful. Um, and then, you know, they brought out the Steam Deck and, you know, Nathie and I have a Steam Deck and, you know, actually GT has one as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's an incredibly, um, it's, it's an incredibly capable machine for something that's so small. <laughs> you know, you can legitimately play like Elden Ring on this thing, which is just absolutely mind blowing. Yeah. And they were obviously saying, you know, that this is kind of like an evolutionary step to what they want to create. Are you a kind of a believer in that kind of idea of like the future, we will have a standalone PC VR Steam based headset at mm. some point? Uh, yeah, there's a. I think there's going to be a really weird transition over the next like three. Yeah, it could happen in three years, but I think uh, where, where people aren't looking is what's going on with cloud computing and uh, offboard compute. Um, yeah. This whole notion of well, everything has to be processed in the headset. I think is going to disappear. Oh yeah, um, it's going to one hundred percent. It's going to yeah. go through your local network. It's going to be processed in some data center, and they're going to stream out. Um, really high fidelity experiences back to your headset yeah. that tech mm -hmm. has already been proven out um the only uncertainty with it in a, in a lot of ways is just uh the reliability of your local network to, yeah, right. to take in data um so some it, it it's a bit exclusionary in that way because some people may not have the right network to handle it mm -hmm. but the, the hardware is definitely going to go there they're going to take more yeah. and more off the headset they're going to compute it in a data center They'll have yeah. dedicated hardware, um, dedicated chipsets to doing specific functionality. Um, yeah, stop there. <laughs> okay, it, it, no, will be, it will be like, like, <laughs> like renting a router, you know, like uh, you'll be renting a VR headset. I think uh, you get like monthly subscription prices yeah. and it comes with the compute cost. Well, I, I already kind of do that with my PlayStation 5 now. I'm not, I, I didn't really download anything on it. Everything I, I do is streamed and it yeah. works perfectly. And I'm like getting lazy to the point now, like yeah, five gigabytes. Totally yeah. Game Pass on, on Xbox. <laughs> I to um, that. <laughs> we that's me and my son, we're we're constantly just streaming games. We don't we don't download games anymore. We just stream. No, them. it's like it's for boomers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The UK uh, the so, UK I, has I, got I, terrible broadband though. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's got really I've bad, got bad internet. It yeah, is really bad. That's the problem. So that's where the it's going to take the market time to catch up to home okay. network reliability, I think. So they'll, yeah. they'll, that's why I'm saying there'll be this really weird period of like everybody doing um, mobile hardware um, affordances until that other stuff catches up or it'll be some mix of both things. But mm -hmm. I think the great thing about that is when you remove the processing power from the headset, they become cheaper, right? Lighter, more yes. comfortable. And, and, you know, we've, we've seen that with a, a cheaper more affordable, more accessible headset. That's a big boom for the industry. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's interesting that you think that that's the direction they're going to take. So, um, um, yeah, in, in the, in the chat, we have a few people who've already been, they really want to like hear you, uh, about like PCVR, like state of PCVR right now, but also because at the moment, all the games are coming out on quest. Most of them, uh, PlayStation VR, like I've, for the last few months, I've seen developers really giving up on that now. And that that's totally fair because it's so old. It's like ancient by now, um, but PC VR, I see a lot of games getting ported, for example, like Fract, um, but also games coming from Quest to PC VR. But if you look at, for example, the review rates, like 
it's a very small number. I don't know if it's even like you can make your money back on that to port over a piece, like like a, a game now to PC. It's such a big topic. Um, this this gets in a little bit to how stores curate, um, the importance of curation. Like so, again, uh, the Quest right now is something like seventy two percent of the market. Uh, it could be a bit higher at this point. Um, so. If you're making money, that's typically where you're making it. And you're still doing these porting exercises to PlayStation and, and Steam. Uh, however, that's where the market is. You're constrained by XR2 chipset fidelity. You have to build stylized things that work on that headset. I, I know that there's been a, a push recently to say, well, no, you can make it look better. You can, but guess what? You need more people, more money to make it look better because that's that's an optimization challenge and it's a huge job. Um, so most developers can only afford to do that stylized thing and they can most of them can only afford to target the quest because that's mm -hmm. the market so we are in this weird loop that is a bit um constrained we can't build these uh higher fidelity pc vr like experiences because you it's like throwing money away right mm -hmm. so and that's really unfortunate because as we all know there's great potential with pc vr um but that, again, is like like if you take that and put it in, in a bucket with uh, where the technology is going, uh, the, right now there's a focus on a standalone. However, there is going to be the streaming component that's going to eventually flow into that. So you're going to get back to PCVR through that, I think. It's like people are still like the, the, the form factor that makes sense for this and the, the reduction in friction is standalone headsets where you don't need a PC and, and setup is incredibly easy. Uh, you're going to get your fidelity back through streaming, I think. And I think before that time, though, because I, I, you know, you say that's maybe three, four years off, like in the, in the foreseeable future with PSVR two. Do you think P PC VR will benefit from that as well? So maybe like you'll launch on PSVR two with a higher fidelity uh, experience, but you'll also be able to port that over to PC and have a similar experience on PC. Yeah, the the PSVR two market is interesting. That's targeting a very different cust consumer base. Um, mm. That's so. This is what's frustrating, right? We can we can do like a high fidelity um, VR experience for PSVR two. Um, that again, it leans more AAA. It looks better in all ways, and then that's also portable to uh, PC. Sorry, PC and PSVR two right. share the same kind of DNA that way. Like you can make something really visually impressive. Yeah. However, <laughs> uh, Steam as a market, it, incredibly challenging. Um, it's still it's again Quest. 72, 75%, whatever that number is. Uh, and then you've got this little wedge of Steam VR that only does this much business. And then you've got PlayStation over here, which only does this much business. Um, and a big part of that is that, that the first gen hardware on the PlayStation was so old that it fell off a cliff. No one's using it. No one's picking it up. <laughs> How many of those consumers that bought the first gen of PlayStation VR are going to buy buy into the next generation or did they just go okay that was kind of a gimmick and i'm not interested anymore because the the psychology of the console market is very different than pc or standalone vr um mm -hmm. and, and they're much more fickle and they they won't necessarily buy in so how well psvr2 does is kind of a big open question right now even though it's doing all of the right things it's it's uh you know it's reducing points of friction all over the place and the hardware is getting way better um I'm saying this to you so that it like in context, when we're thinking about building a product, 
there's a bunch of unknowns there with PC mm. VR and what happens next with PlayStation 2, PSVR 2. But do you do you think you could bring people back to it like they did with uh, the the first Quest when it launched? They brought a lot of uh, old games, uh, Rift games, to the Quest to kind of give it a, a a quick boost and get people interested in like content that was already ready for this audience. Because mm. PlayStation has a lot of like I still think even now as the best library of all the platforms, the best games I ever played were on the PlayStation. Um, so if you In bring VR? back those original, yeah, okay, uh, those those original PlayStation VR games, if you bring them to the PSVR two, yes. you already kind of have a, a head start in that sense. Yeah, uh, um, yes. It's also bringing known uh, IPs like outside of VR. Oh. Yes, uh, so that that uh, that's uh, what you just said there, Nathy, is part of the unknowns. Uh, I agree with you that bringing the older content to the new platform really important. Um, because it is going to be a, a kind of a, a reboot, a refresh of that whole platform. Right. So it is important that you take the good stuff and make sure it's there for launch. There's also the other, I, there's also the other side of this, which is um, because the, the PSVR 2 has facial haptics, um, there's some research to say that that actually gets around some vestibular issues. And I know that there's some conversation there about like, okay, let's make sure uh, we're making sure that different games are even though they're made for 2d they're applicable here because we can kind of lean on that tech i don't know uh, i have no personal experience well i sorry i do have some experience with facial haptics but in terms of the data there i don't know how effective that really is there's a danger mm. there too right because if, if they lean too hard into that and it makes people yeah. sick still like what's the point but especially because you're someone that's susceptible to that as well like it, you'd be an interesting you know uh, I was going to yeah, say, exactly. you couldn't test that on me because I don't hardly ever get sick. I wouldn't be able to tell yeah. you if it does anything yeah. or not. So uh, if it's, PlayStation uh, is listening as well to this podcast, then just send <laughs> us all the PSVR 2 and we'll happily test <laughs> it. Uh, it's, but, but I think a lot of people, like uh, you know, Nathie said, a lot of people are banking, especially like that PC VR enthusiast, because you know the mods are keeping them happy for now, but they're banking on like developers porting games for PSVR 2 onto PC as well. I think that's what they're hoping for, to give that market a bit of a boost. Yeah. I told I um it's I understand the hope I'm I guess I'm just trying to make sure people understand um the economics of deciding how hard you're going to push into platform because all we can yeah. do is look at wh where the numbers are right now and unfortunately yeah. uh you know for better or for worse however you want to phrase it meta is dominating the market with a standalone headset with some serious constraints on graphic fidelity but yeah. but, but then yeah. again yeah. like playstation has the the ips in order to you know bring yeah. in content the question is do are they going to do that right yeah. that's and again one of those unknowns one thing i'll say about playstation is they're great about uh supporting developers with financially um exactly helping them get over the hump to build these things um so th i do have hopes there that uh Again, th this is a this is part of like a rebalance of the the market that I think will happen over the next yeah. two two three years kind of thing. Um, so uh, my hope is that both Steam and PlayStation, sorry Valve and PlayStation, kind of relevel the market a little bit. But there'll be others too. Yeah, great. Yeah. That's um, what I mean, I'll see, I'll see in the. Oh, sorry, Mike. Go on. Go on. Go on. Go on. Go on mate. No, I just see in the comments like some uh, someone was saying about. Are you saying that? Quest is killing PC VR, but I actually think that Quest is holding up VR at the moment, waiting for that mm. bridge into what's mm. next. And I don't see it going anywhere. As you just said, I think that's perfectly well said. We're looking for balance. There isn't any balance at the moment, you know? So, 
Yeah. Yeah, it's just that that I, I like because we we know that PlayStation has been delayed as far as we know. And I just see like I've never really seen this in the market before that a company has a monopoly for so long that it starts to really hurt the market. It starts to hurt the consumer. It starts to hurt us as content creators. It starts to hurt the developer. The overall ecosystem kind of suffers from that. It, it has I don't know. Like, I don't in a way. Highly, yes, entirely or is that just me that. over over dramatic? I, and I, I just it has maybe... a, it's done the opposite, in my opinion. It, 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 it's, okay. it's actually helped most of my peer studios. Um, it's helped uh, drive consumer adoption. Um, it, it's... Uh, maybe the phrasing is wrong. Like it's not, it's not that it's hurting PC VR. It's, it's actually holding up the industry until yeah. those solutions PCVR fall into take, place. Yeah. But people don't like admitting that because of who's behind it. That's I mean, it doesn't I, matter who it is. It's the, the fact, the point of the matter is that um, any, any company develops a, a competent standalone headset that reduces friction and gets people excited about VR mm. It's it's holding up the entire market, uh, yeah. and, and yeah. again, I hope that what that really means is that it just it, it's just a bridge to higher yeah. fidelity experiences. It's almost mm. like the success of Quest has really highlighted how small the actual audience on PC was in the first place <laughs> before yeah. it even existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're very you know, vocal. Exactly. They're very vocal, and that's and, why and, you think, yeah. "My God, you're surrounded by them." But yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah, and, and that it comes back to the to the earlier point that I said. Like we we would never have seen titles such as Resident Evil come to VR or stormlands or like whatever you know big of the the ip uh, that 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 is working on those kind of titles if it wasn't for facebook putting in the money i mean never say never of course but i I do think that the reason why we've had high quality titles um coming to vr uh, developed by really really big studios is is due to the fact that there's financial backing coming from from meta behind absolutely and that's something that we're going to see with PlayStation again, right? Yeah, you know, they do a lot of money well, yeah. being invested into dev studios. Well, I hope so, at least. The, the, the big, I think, the bigger contributing factor to like uh, money being reinvested into content, like at, at, at bigger studios, is there's an actual provable uh, uh, return for other that's studios. Right. Like we're we're actually earning money. That that never happened yeah. pre 2018. Like we were, right. everyone was like at least as far as i know every everyone was either trying to f- dig around and find investment uh or they were uh self-funding to dangerous degrees or like everyone was desperate um but it's it turned a definitive corner where people are making millions of dollars on their titles just based on great. based on the virtue and, and, of their and titles. Your studio your studio as well like you know like because of the experiences that that, that you deliver you show what is you know possible on a device like this and i think that you know that combination of like you know the financial backing maybe from meta and then more the the indie dev studios that started out just trying things on their own and developing things that are you know that a a lot of my best experiences in vr are probably still coming from like indie dev uh studios that are trying new things things that you know like are exciting and are cool Mm. to try and are different from all the other things that are out there yeah, totally. I uh, 100% agree. I'm not saying that about ourselves, not trying to have a big head. All, all, of, all of our like. peer studios who are doing, you know, like After the Fall is another good example of um, right. learning the language of VR and then making a game that just fits and it feels yeah. good. And it's it's checking all these boxes. Um, Demio, another example. Like 
there's a there's a number of titles from supposedly indie VR game devs. Yeah. I actually hate yeah. that that term indie. If we could figure out a different way to phrase that, um, so how sorry. how many years do you have to be in an industry before you're not indie? Quite like yeah. <laughs> you, you guys are veterans now. Yeah, that's yeah, the weird thing, isn't like it? The, like the AAA thing, right? Maybe maybe. <laughs> yeah. maybe. Maybe we can start a website where you can look up who's a AAA uh, VR dev. It's like a I list. Think, well, it's like, the devs to us are yeah. AAA. They're massive, but yeah. There's, a, there's a, like that weird uh, perceptual. I mean, obviously, indie means just you're independent. But uh, but people, yeah. can, there's a different kind of dirty connotation there. <laughs> like indie, you means you're, so? indie means you're small and scrappy and you don't know what the hell you're doing. And you're, you're oh. like all of those things. That's that's oh, not that's, that's indie, indie. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I think the size of AAA and VR and AAA outside of VR are different things as well. Like I think there is, you know, they have their own studios yeah. that are AAA. Yeah. But there's um, a negative but, association with that as well, no? With with AAA, well, like, possibly, yeah. But um, that, to round up, wait, the that, that means bit. that means we're an indie podcast too, right? In a way, we, we are 100. percent We're scrappy, <laughs> ruling the really scrappy indie <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hold your uh, nose when we see Danny. <laughs> so, so to round to round it up a little bit, um, can we can we talk about Pistol Whip a little bit? Because you have got some plans for Pistol Whip in the future. I mean, you mentioned them in the blog, uh, modding and contracts being the two things that you highlighted. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about those two things? Yeah, uh, not I can't tell you a lot because I've mm-hmm. been told not to by Lynn's our okay, marketing sure. person. Uh, but I can sure. I can say uh, uh, we're I well I'm very personally excited about the the modding part of this. Um, there's a lot of stuff coming out, but the um, essentially having Beat Saber like levels of modding support where people can mm-hmm. create their own levels and do their own thing. It's something we've we we have wanted to incorporate for a long time technically very difficult challenge because we're not just dealing with like a beat map uh deciding what blocks come at you at what time these are if you've played pistol whip there's entire levels created and they've they've, they're themed they have uh different models they have like it's these are more like uh traditional game levels than they are some kind of beat map there is a sort of beat map component with where the enemies are placed and when they appear and all of this kind of stuff so anyways building the tools for all of those things uh a big job um, and making sure that people can pick it up and use it and have fun with yes. it. Uh, anyways, that sounds awesome though. Very excited yeah, about that because yeah. people can do super weird things, and that's the and it, and then that off obviously spawns into like TikTok and YouTube and people doing. I was crazy just going to say shit, that's right? why Beat Saber is so popular. Not necessarily because of the songs that are in the game, it's because of yeah songs that people know outside of gaming completely are yeah. then in gaming. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. The, there's a whole sort of sub market for that and it's it's its own advertising mechanism obviously so it's it's really important to us that people have that ability um so very excited about that it's it's coming along pretty well uh and then we have contracts um i can't say too much about it but it does add that level of depth to piss whip that wasn't there like for people that they want to uh chart some kind of progress through something um in creative ways uh Okay, it it's uh, it's something that will be kind of brag worthy and and something people will want to share. Um, I can't say too much about about it, but it's uh, be very careful (laughs) kind of time critical contracts. Okay, sounds cool. Sounds good. I do, I do, I do, I do think the the like the DLCs you put out so far are very impressive because I find that I'm not saying I'm comparing Pistol Whip with Beat Saber. But it's a certain genre. It's like you know a, a rhythm game. 
But I find compared to Beat Saber, like Beat Saber is of course pumping out a lot of new music packs. But with your game, there's just like, you can do a lot more with the environments and everything around it and you can make it more playful mm. and you can really extend its playtime. Like what mm. I would love to see is, 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 a, is a multiplayer thing. Mm-hmm. I think that would be awesome, you know. I, like Beat Saber did an attempt at that too. I didn't think it was that great, but yeah. um, that would be something really. It's, really it's fun. something we talk about all the time. Um, it, that whole idea of uh, again leaning kind of into the arcade thing, where you're standing beside your friend and you both got a yeah, yeah. gun and you're you're duking it out through a progressive level. And each Tall of those, crisis. yeah, exactly. It's the it's the whole time crisis vibe. Um, but each of you could have different abilities or each of you has a different kind of advantage in moving through th- these levels and you really have to coordinate and cooperate. We talk about, I'm just laying this out as like a landscape of conversation. Yeah. We have. Oh, <laughs> not, yeah, we're not yeah. doing it, no, uh, um, but it's, it, it is an important thing that we think about a lot. Um, but yeah, it, with, the other thing with Pistol Whip is uh, the, the whole team is so crazily dedicated to finding weird new mods like every time we release something we come out with with some kind of new modifier that you can affect in the styles menu um so you can you know the base most basic example is like you can remove uh obstacles and barriers that you might otherwise have to duck and weave through or having big head mode or like uh bullet hell mode like there's there's basically an unlimited tap of those things that were just like we have more than we can put into each release because we're always kind of testing. Well, how does this make it more fun or not? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but that 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 side has been really uh, rewarding and and fun. We have. Oh, maybe I can't see that. Let me. I, I'm I'm referencing <laughs> the blog right oh, now, and I'm going close, oh, close one. Close, damn it. Well, I'll just say you know I, I don't think it's uh, any shock that we would have new scenes coming, uh, mm-hmm. new songs and and all of that. It's core to the product. Um, but some yeah. of the work that they've been doing on on this stuff lately is it's some of the best work that has ever been done because they really tuned into what makes these levels fun and playable. But also the like the visual fidelity keeps bumping up more and more and more. It, anyways, it's super cool. Some of the stuff they're working on. I think that's great. Wow. And, and like you said, you touched on this earlier and you said that like Pistol Whip is like evergreen content for you is something that will just forever be there it'll continue to evolve like beat saber does for example and there'll just be more content added to it over time and it'll just become this behemoth of a of a game but uh looking forward to it, it sounds awesome i can't wait to see what you're working on with that and also sure. with your uh, your other projects in the works as well it's going to be really exciting yeah uh, on the next gen hardware thanks i think we'll have something to talk about on contracts on around june 2nd um okay so there'll be more information there and other than that just just stay tuned to the our um, Discord or uh, come come to the website. Yeah, yeah. That's or great. follow Denny on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Or don't. Always got something interesting <laughs> to say there. Adventurous place for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's great. It's great chatting to you always, Denny. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely have you on the show again when once you can talk more about some of the stuff that you've been working on behind the scenes. I think that'll be a really interesting conversation because uh, yeah, I'm, there's definitely some stories there. I'm sure. I'm very very excited about the bigger things that we're working on uh, right now, I think people will be as well. And again, just really breaking down where we're failing with multiplayer experiences on platform right now and, and celebrating the successes too. But there's some really fascinating stuff coming. Awesome to hear it. Yeah, I think it just makes us excited, you know, and just to know that there is a lot of work going on behind the scenes and it's not like, you know, uh, as dead as maybe it feels like it is. 
there yeah, is a lot it's of not. work going on. It definitely it really yeah. isn't. Yeah, no. I don't think it, yeah, it's not. Just the calm before the storm. Yeah, everybody's mm-hmm. busy. I know all of our peers are super busy. It's, it's That's great. why it's so quiet, because everyone's yeah. busy. <laughs> yeah, that's good to hear. Right. Good to hear. <laughs> so now uh, it's that part of the show where we hand it over. Normally hand it over to Zim, but I think uh, Nathie's uh, in control of the reins uh, this week uh, to tell us about the releases that we can play in the next coming weeks. What have you got for us, Nathy? Here we go again. So I I, I was already prepared for this show because I kind of knew where we were going with this. So I kept it very short, very short. So we could just have this beautiful conversation just flowing around the internets. So, uh, okay, so I have a couple of games. The first one, uh, no surprise to anyone, I think. uh, Little City is now out um, on the Quest and the Quest 2. Um, it's uh, 20 bucks, 20 euros. Usually Mike uh, throws in the, you know, the pounds as well, or uh, Zim does that. Uh, I am, you know, not uh, from uh, England. Uh, England isn't my city. So I'm just going to keep it with euros. I'm sorry, you have to look it up yourself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but anyways, this is a cozy and casual uh, city builder that lets you draw out roads, plot out houses, and watch your residents move in from uh, within glorious VR. Um, it lets you play it standing, seated, and the best way to play it, and I'm sure Danny agrees, is room scale. So you can just be this gentle giant and you walk around through the city and you can just inspect everything. I love that where you feel huge and then there's just this, you know, island that you look down uh, to. So this this is a genre that definitely lends itself to be in VR. Um, so it's a simple title compared to, uh, I would say, Cities VR. It's a, It's a bit more... Casual in that sense, it's not over complicating itself. I like it. Um, I like the way it looks. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that that's uh, you know a bad thing. I think both these genres are are just having their different kinds of uh, gamers. But if you like something where you're not stressing out too much about your city being on fire, then uh, then then this one seems to be pretty uh, pretty good. Um, Then next up we have I don't know I, I I still don't know why it's called this way. I found it very strange. It's called Area Man Lives. Oh yeah. I, I don't know what what's up with this name. Mm-hmm. It's kind of confusing, but um also like the usually the game itself what you play explains the title. Maybe it does in this case as well. I'm not sure. Um but it's out now uh, also on Quest, Quest 2 and Steam. So there is something to play on PC uh, as well. Uh, it's 20 bucks, 20 euros. Um, so this game, this is very interesting. I had to watch some gameplays to understand what this is. I found the trailers not really selling it. And also the description they had was kind of uh, cryptic. So this game is a radio drama. So that's that's the genre, apparently, that oh. uh, unfolds around you. So you are um, a new DJ of a quirky radio station... And you have to record commercials, interview callers, and try your best to piece together how your actions inside this station impact your listening audience. So you actually use your microphone to, well, uh, record bits like, hey, I'm Mike, welcome back to Radio uh, Virtual Reality Oasis uh, today, you know, like that kind of vibe. Um, so yeah, you use your microphone and then your text shows up in this like text bubble and it goes to somewhere and they they kind of make it in a way where you feel like things are responding to you. It's, it's I don't think it's an extremely smart system that is like, you know, like AI overload or you're like, oh my God, they know everything now. Uh, but I love that where... 
they use your microphone. I haven't really seen many games use that. Uh, like Aspire 1 is a great example where you can say freeze and the enemy will put up its hands or um, you have... Um, that Starship Commander one. Can you remember that with the voice recognition yes. system? That was yes. really cool. That was you completely had... made around that, yeah. Ar- yeah. Arctica 1 with the breathing. Every time you spoke, you had yeah. like the, the air coming out. Such a cool effect. And 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 my favorite, and, and I, I... Oh yeah, Ghost Giant where you have to uh, like blow against this little windmill thingy and then it flies away i love that it's i'll never forget but anyways, that, yeah, that yeah. um where you're like wait i need to blow into my headset now i was like wait <laughs> what is that because it's so rare like they never really use your microphone um but um yeah this this game reminds me a bit of job simulator uh, there's a there seems to be a lot to interact with and it's packed with easter eggs and stuff but yeah it makes you feel like you're you're this I, weird radio dj I, I did see in the trailer that it's like horizontal lines do you think that the entire game will will be like that or is that maybe a way that they they made the trailer i, I as i said i don't think the trailer is that great they didn't really okay. think about uh so I, I i would i would just watch a little bit of gameplay uh and and then and see if you like it i think wolven vr did a really good kind of you know, video on that. Um, but yeah, this is one you definitely want to watch uh, some video stuff from it to discover its potential. Um, then we have uh, a VR classic, and I had to look this up. I had to go back into my time machine. We're going all the way back to 2014, <laughs> folks. Here we go. Are you ready? Hold on your seat, the belts. So uh, Blaze Rush is back. So it came mm. out in 2014 and has returned to the stage. Yeah, I thought it was like, I was like, ah. Like 15, maybe 16, but no, 2014. Wow. wow. Um, I, I think this, this must have been one of the oldest things I've ever seen ported over in a way. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so this is out now. Uh, it's on Quest, Quest 2. Um, 15 euros, $15. Um, you can play this uh, with uh, your uh, touch controls, but you can also play it with a gamepad. That's kind of nice because I never really see much Quest uh, games that say like, hey, you want to use your uh, controller? Um, go for it looks so that's cool, kind of nice it yeah, is very nice. cool so so blaze rush uh, it's called it's it's not called blaze rush but it's called blaze rush star trek with an a by the way not star trek we're not gonna see captain spock driving in his uh, car yeah. that's what gonna happen. blaze rush that's what they call it <laughs> 420, 420 <laughs> blaze rush that would have been an amazing uh, name if i was a community guy for that i would have named it that way <laughs> Awesome. Thanks for the input, Mike. Um, so uh, so uh, this is pretty much... My <laughs> this is this completely putting spoke. me off from the whole thing. Oh, my God. Um, so this is pretty much micro machines in VR mm. or uh, Toy Box Turbos, a very old uh, VR game. Very awesome. I checked it on Steam. You can't play it in VR anymore for some reason. It's very strange. I don't know what happened. But anyways, um, it's a dynamic arcade survival racing game in a new space-themed setting. So it's not just the port and that's it. No, it's completely redecorated um so in this game uh, everyone can assemble a team of friends in local or online multiplayer you choose a car to your taste and then uh you you have to chase blow up and cut your opponent off so it's a very chaotic but fun kind of uh game in this case i wish they would have implemented the uh, uh avatars that you see from horizon so you kind of what you said with demio where you sit around this table in an environment mm-hmm. they didn't add that because back in 2014 uh things like that weren't really the well norm and they still aren't the norm uh, but that could have made it more social more immersive in a way i think um so um they did add uh new features to it such as a campaign with 30 missions new type of weapons new vehicles and a new powerful enemy 
yeah so that sounds kind of mysterious did anyone it's play really this? cool yeah i did yeah, yeah i loved it yeah cool so then um the next one is quake 3 arena Yes. Uh, now this is a mod this is nothing uh, necessarily official uh, but nowadays these mods get so good that they just feel official yeah. Um, yeah. so uh, this one uh, can be played on uh, the quest but uh, I read that it's more optimized for quest 2 so yeah it's playable but quest 2 is where it's at um, this one is 15 euros and 15 dollars because you have to buy the game on steam it's kind of like with Wolfenstein and all the other right. uh, uh, beef uh, mods um, you have to buy it on Steam and then use SideQuest to, well, sideload it to your headset. You need certain so, files from to it to, to be able to play it. I've got okay. to, so when you download it from SideQuest, you get, I think, access to three or four demo levels. And when you go on to multiplayer, uh, there is yeah. um, a server for each of those demo maps. So, yeah, you can try right. it and play against other people okay. online without uh, buying the game. But, yeah, you're right. After, like, three or four maps, there's... Well, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, GT. I'm no pirate. I have to be official here. So, uh, you know, buy your games, people. Uh, but uh, anyways, um, <laughs> so this mod lets you like dive into Quake 3 with full motion control support and offers dedicated multiplayer service for VR players. Cool. Because otherwise you might be in a disadvantage or an advantage. I don't know how it works with Quake. It's so fast that, yeah. you know. Um, then we have a freebie. Uh, what do you think is the freebie in this case? What game do you think is free? Just a random, random guess. <laughs> I don't know. The Sims. I, want, I, I already saw. The Sims. I already know what the Sims. <laughs> okay, well, that was a failed attempt at trying to be a bit interactive with you guys. Fine. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, no, it's Red Out. It's not the Sims. It's Red Out mm. Enhanced Edition. So oh. it's free on the Epic Store. Uh, and uh, this this free deal ends on uh, May 19th so uh, you still have some time uh, to to play it but this is awesome it's like Wipeout in VR Um, like talking about motion sickness you have been warned Uh, this is uh, (laughs) one of those games you're like whoa things go so freaking fast Um, I was really excited to play uh, Red Out but having played Wipeout on PSVR Wipeout to me is still one of the best futuristic races you can get I think personally I think yep so uh, those are the games and to kind of round up the releases here I wanted to ask Denny like of all the games that have been announced this year what what is the one that to you stood out the most <laughs> oh my god don't put me to the fire like this maybe <laughs> well uh, <sighs> and, and, and I can say it's nothing personal you know it's nothing personal so I, I'm gonna give a terrible answer here but like my honest feeling was that uh it feels like we're kind of like in in a weird in-between place with titles um Mm -hmm. i i look i'm looking forward to all of it yeah yeah honestly and i say that honestly because i play everything i really do (laughs) i everything that comes out it's 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 work for me like i it much like it is for you all like you know you're you're trying to stay on top of everything so i will play absolutely everything that comes out and then you know if it's great i'll talk about it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, what are you playing at the moment what's like your go-to game at the moment what's the thing you're playing for example again i've been uh just recently i've just been mostly focused on anything multiplayer um and that that includes like uh you know deep rock galactic and like 2d stuff as well right great game um great game. Oh, yeah, game. Yeah. game but uh uh yeah i i really taking a deep deep dive into uh the more popular social vr um stuff 
Uh, so VR chat and rec room and uh, Demio <laughs> and any anything that sort of remotely relates. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. It's kind of interesting seeing Bla- Blaze Rush come back because I remember like when the Rift shipped and it didn't have motion controllers. You just got a gamepad <laughs> with it. That was like one of the few games you could actually play back then. Uh, yeah. Kind of crazy. And it, it wasn't too intense either because the other games you could play were like Eve Valkyrie, which were kind of crazy. Oh. Um, you could play The Climb, which was awesome, but Blaze Rush was kind of one of those chill oh, the ones climb that you could really enjoy. Like, oh my God, like a gamepad. When you say uh, playing The Climb with a gamepad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we've gone on for quite a while, so I'll wrap up the show yeah. quickly. But uh, I want to say thanks again to Gamertag and Denny for joining us. It's always great chatting to you guys. Really, really appreciate you joining us on the show. Uh, just a reminder of the show times. The show is live streamed every other Saturday now on YouTube and on Twitch. Uh, the show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 10 a.m. Pacific time. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on Spotify. If you've enjoyed this show and some of the insights that Denny has shared, then hit the like button and subscribe yes. to the show for all our future shows so you don't miss them. And uh, yeah, we love you all. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you on the next one. And I think Zim will be joining us back again. He couldn't join yeah, us this week because be. uh, he was unpacking all his kit, so... He'll even well, see sound you, even see you in three years. See you in three years' time. Maybe. See you in three years again, GT. Yeah, and maybe see you in another eighteen months. <laughs> three years. Yeah. Well, I think so, it was yeah. three years. I mean, last time I was on it, it's got to be. Really? Oh, I wow. think last time you replaced me. I think. No, no, no. I've got a picture of you. I've got our picture that we do before we go live. Everyone has a smile. All oh, right, right, right. I've still got that picture. By his bedside, bedside yeah, table. Just yeah. because you haven't been on the show doesn't mean we we don't we appreciate you any less, GC. Yeah, you got to play Quake in VR. We, like it's got B haptics. He, he's added like a VR menu. Uh, yeah, you can scope weapons. You got to try it. It's really G- cool. GT, GT, you are our timed exclusive on the show. You know, like <laughs> so it's like uh, you know, that's that's how I would say it. Oh, anyway, it's a real honor to be on here, and it was great talking to you, Denny, and it's great to talk to everyone. Great talking to you much. as well. Thank you so much for, for having me. I, I always enjoy my time here. Uh, and shout out to, like, speaking of titles, Blair uh, working through Lo-Fi. I'm, I'm very, I'm looking very much forward to playing that uh, whenever it, yes. whenever it eventually comes yeah. out. I'm waiting. I'm not touching it until it's done. Uh, so that, yeah, that's same. something I'm looking forward to. I couldn't stop awesome. touching nice. it. Nice. <laughs> 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 right. And on that note, right. thank you very much for joining us live. We appreciate you all. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks time. Until then, take care of yourselves and bye-bye for now.